0: Good afternoon, Adrian Broaddus here with your Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's take a trip over to some NFL news from today and Kyler Murray. That's right, Cardinals star quarterback Kyler Murray has agreed to a five-year extension with the Cardinals for worth $230 million, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter, a deal that makes him one of the NFL's highest-paid quarterbacks. The deal, which runs through the 2028 season, includes $160 million guaranteed for injury the source told Schefter, Murray will make $105 million fully guaranteed upon signing the deal. The average annual value of Murray's deal is $46 million, which is second highest in the NFL, behind only Packer star quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who earns $50 million a year. Deshaun Watson's deal with the Browns has an average annual value of $46 million, and Chief Star quarterback Patrick Mahomes' deal averages $45 million a season, the only deal in NFL history with more guaranteed money than then Kyler Murray is Deshaun Watson's $230 million fully guaranteed with the Browns. The Cardinals officially announced Murray's five-year extension today and did not disclose terms. Some of Murray's teammates, including newly acquired wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown and star safety Buda Baker, congratulated the quarterback on Twitter. Let's go to more news today. This also out of the NFL and the Cleveland Browns as we also have some breaking news. The Browns are working out veteran quarterbacks Josh Rosen, A.J. McCarron, among others, uh, in the NFL, as they kind of prepare for the possibility of starter Deshaun Watson being suspended under the NFL's personal conduct policy today, they signed Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Bratis.
1: From national to hometown, sports spoken here. 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: heard this song before now
0: yes i have yes, okay definitely. i was
2: i was i was wondering by the way one of the greatest lyrics in the history of music snot is running down his nose this song is almost 50 years old and yet that uh, particular lyric is uh, is timeless as far as i'm concerned i mean you've got a lot of great lyrics in music but snot is running down his nose is still one of the all-time classics from uh, Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull.
0: My pops is a big Jethro Tull fan. Listened to Jethro Tull g- growing up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with Aqualong. I don't. Uh, I've never heard this live version before. I like oh, it. Daniel Paulus. Shout out him.
2: There's so much live Jethro Tull on KLAQ, 2 um, By the way, if you ever, if you ever check out the uh, Thick as a Brick live, which has a ton of, like, uh, flute solos from Ian Anderson. Oh, it's phenomenal. Ooh. By the way, don't get confused. Please do not get confused between Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull and Ian Anderson, the starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves right now. They're they're two different people, folks, and they're separated probably by about 50 or so years in age. But there are two Ian Andersons out there, one sports-wise and one uh, in music. By the way, um, I can't believe Jethro Tull's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If there is ever a travesty uh, in the Hall, it's the fact that they've kept those guys out all these years. I hope I hope while he's alive one day we'll to, we'll get to see uh, you know put add Jethro Tull to the list of of Iron Maiden and and some of the other all-time greats that are not in the Hall of Fame. All right. Well, that's my musical uh, that's my that's my music uh take for today. Thank you for starting the show with that. I appreciate that. Uh, that's that's good all, stuff.
0: Daniel Paulus right there. All right, nice. I got some inside info. That, is that, that what he did? Yeah, that you're a good, fa- that you're a fan, a recent fan right now here of Jethro Toll. Uh, not a Long-time recent. fan, not but, a recent, but yeah. recently, uh, uh, I guess diving back into it, right?
2: Yeah. Well, you know what it is. I listen to KLAQ 2 driving home from work sometimes with uh, my pal Glenn Garza, who's DJing those nights, and then I'll sometimes on weekends get to be lucky enough to hear the uh, Jethro Toll live cuts. Ooh, on on nice. on 2 uh, yeah. By the way, I heard my uh, boss, uh, you know, Brad is not as fond of Jethro Tull. I don't know what Brad what, what planet he was on in the early 70s when uh, he was going to high school, but I mean, how can you not be a fan of them? I just don't get it. They they're the perfect quintessential uh, KLAQ 2 band. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, if I get to listen to uh, some live uh, Ian Anderson flute solos and some Jethro Toll, I'm a happy guy.
0: Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I mean, I like Jethro Toll a lot. They put you in a good mood. They, they They're kind of crazy. like They're all over the place which is fun to listen to. So yeah, I'm. I, whenever I get a chance to listen to Jethro Toll, I'm always down.
2: Ian Anderson played the uh, convention center about 20 years ago. Took my dad when he was still alive. We went together. And um I had a chance to see that show and oh my, it was awesome. Absolutely. We had great seats. We we're like, I don't know, like 10 rows from the stage and his voice was a little shot that night, but the flute was not shot. Like, you know, that's the one thing I'll say about him. Even if he can't get to the same notes he used to, uh, he could still play that flute like nobody else. So oh, it,
0: whenever he goes off on the flute, you just know it. You you know it. And it's uh, it's kind of like iconic in, in rock and roll history. Right. Just having a flute and in, in, uh, different breakouts for Jethro Toll. That's what's uh, so unique about their sound. hundred
2: percent. A hundred percent. All right. We got a good show lined up for you today. Um, we have Ivan Melendez uh, joining us. Uh, In our second segment, so that's coming up here uh, in a little bit. He's uh, in Arizona, where he's going to spend the next 8 to 10 days and get himself ready, apparently. uh, I don't think it's official yet, but I heard that uh, Ivan uh, could be signing his contract today. So I'm excited about that. It's be contract day with Ivan Melendez.
0: Yeah, this is a great day to have Ivan on the show. I know he was just like he was in El Paso for maybe like a like a cup of coffee yesterday, Steve, because I I know he was here yesterday and then he went immediately back to Arizona. So yep. so um, yeah, he's getting ready for physical, getting ready for the uh, signing, and uh, I'm so happy for the El Paso and getting a chance to Me to too. do all of this.
2: Me too. And by the way, uh, today's gonna be a great show. Randy Wilkins is going to join us at 5 via Zoom. Uh, He is the director of The Captain. Uh, Episode 2 tonight, it is a seven-part series on ESPN, a documentary of Derek Jeter. Episode 2 tonight, 7 o'clock, I believe, The Captain. And uh, we'll get a chance to have Randy Wilkins on the show, the man who spearheaded The Captain. And, by the way, uh, special uh, thanks, big assist on this to City Rep Peter Schwartzbein. Believe it or not, these two guys were college buddies. Go back to when they were in college together. They've stayed in touch all these years and uh, Pete helped us uh, get this done so thank you very much uh, Peter for helping us out with Randy Wilkins super excited about having him on the show today
0: yeah this is going to be a lot of fun I didn't know how I would take the first episode of the captain and when I watched it I just didn't realize how much Derek Jeter struggled before oh, yeah. he broke in I mean all of those 56 errors that he had in high a ball and I mean it was just an, a very entertaining story together uh, yesterday in episode one so uh, I I'm interested to see how the captain continues with episode two and uh, all these different parts. So this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, I
2: mean, Derek Jeter didn't even want to be there his first year. You know, if he got his wish, who knows if he's even a Yankee after that first season. He was miserable.
0: Yeah, he, I know he grew up a lifelong Yankee fan. And I know that you, you heard how excited he was to get that phone call in the draft and how emotional he seemed at that point. But that first year, it seemed like it was just miserable. Absolutely miserable for yeah. Derek Jeter. And even when he joined the team like in 95, 94, 95, um, he he like uh, didn't really do much. So he was just kind of shaking hands. Everybody kind of scoffed at him. He was just Mm -hmm. a young guy. And so, uh, yeah, there's just a he learned a lot more in this uh, in these couple first seasons than he actually did as far as play on the field.
2: Well, let me say this. He batted. um, Well, really, when you look at 1992, okay, that's when he was in rookie ball with the Yankees. Batted 202 in 47 games with uh, three home runs and um, 25 RBIs and it was a disaster. By the way, that team had a couple of other names you're familiar with, folks. Um, and really, I, I mean, not a ton, but uh, Ruben Rivera, who played in the big leagues, Ricky Leday was on that very first team, that rookie team he played with. And then after that, he went to Greensboro later that season and uh, teamed with Jorge Posada, Shane Spencer, Andy Pettit was on that team. So, you know, you could start to see that those, those great Yankees that formed the core in the mid to late 90s and 2000s, they were all coming up together around the same time.
0: Yeah, you gotta you gotta give a lot of credit to that Yankees front office for scouting out that talent and developing the way that they did. Because um, whether it was you know the trade acquisitions where they kind of got into a little bit in that first episode, or it was the the guys that they developed, uh, the younger players that they were so excited about at the time. I mean, uh, yeah, it just seemed like the Yankees front office just did a lot for that organization in scouting the right players and developing the right players and trading for the best players they could.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, we'll look forward to doing that in our 5 o'clock hour. Take plenty of your phone calls today. 505-6009, that's our telephone number. Uh, we'll talk more also about uh, the story we ended the show with yesterday. The average cost to attend a big league game, four tickets, four sodas, four beers, four hot dogs, and parking. You would be shocked at the, not not forget the average, you'd be shocked at, The high end and the low end of the spectrum for Major League Baseball. Adrian is afraid of the $2 hot dogs in Phoenix um, with the Diamondbacks. He saw the price and uh, doesn't want anything to do with the, the $2 hot dog, which is the lowest price hot dog, by the way, in baseball. Not even close. So the Diamondbacks have that. But they also have the lowest price to average for four people. So I did think it was pretty funny. When Adrian was looking into the uh, cost figures and uh, wants to stay away from any Diamondback game just because he's afraid of eating a $2 hot dog.
0: Yeah, that's a little scary right there, the mystery meat hot dog that uh, you might find it uh, over there with the Arizona Dimebacks if you go to a home game for them. I yeah. you know, I'm I'm looking across this list there's so many interesting things that I'm excited to dive into because Me too. when you're when you travel to these different cities that's also something to keep it into, you know, account when you want to go to a professional major league baseball game, how much will it actually cost?
2: Well, we'll talk about it later in the show. Looking forward to that getting your thoughts and input, especially if you go to games and you can give us your uh, you know, your what your experiences are like uh, going to big league baseball games. Uh, Chihuahuas are back tomorrow. They're off tonight. So their all-star break uh, is wrapping up after today. And we'll look forward to having hags back tomorrow for story time and get you ready for some Chihuahuas baseball. All right, uh, Ivan Melendez coming up in a few moments. First, though, have to bring up the story about um, the Cardinals giving um, Kyle uh, or, uh, uh, Kyler Murray million to keep him uh, as the starting quarterback uh, for Arizona. I I guess now he's among the richest quarterbacks in the league, and you won't have to see Kyler remove the Cardinals from his social media handles, right?
0: This is, uh, I mean, finally, right? Like finally they come to this agreement and finally we can get away from all this like social media subtweeting kind of stuff from Kyler Murray's side of things. Uh, if I was somebody, just to be honest with you, Steve, if I was somebody in uh, that locker room, I just probably wouldn't, that wouldn't sit well with me. Um, I, I, w- I don't like that coming from my leader and my quarterback and Kyler Murray being that. I agree. I, I guess kind of greedy in a sense, like demanding that kind of money. And if they don't give him that kind of money, he's unfollowing them on social media. That just seems petty to me. But uh, one of the big biggest things that I look at in this entire deal is the fact that it includes 160 million guaranteed for injury which is so significant because throughout his career Kyler has shown that he is injury prone.
2: Yep, absolutely. That's a huge number and he gets 105 million fully guaranteed after signing the deal. So, yeah, that's he's making a lot of money. You know, he's now he don't have to worry about anything through to 2028 and we'll see if Kyler is able to deliver on, you know, what has been a very promising start to his career. But, you know, the Cardinals want to go to the Super Bowl. They've been there before, and uh, they want to go back. And, you know, uh, Kurt Warner was able to uh, have some great seasons, some magical seasons with the Cardinals when he was there. But, you know, Arizona wants – want they, they want to be a Super Bowl team again.
0: Don't you kind of feel like the uh... – it started, the The clock is definitely ticking for Cliff Kingsbury. It, it, you have yes. to make the playoffs, or or else uh, he will not be with the Arizona Cardinals for the future. And you know, maybe he's calling plays elsewhere. If, if that's not the case, but uh, I feel like the Cardinals have invested so much in this team, trading for Hollywood Brown as uh, the wide receiver to complement Kyler Murray. As, you know, getting all the veterans that they got in their defense, like Buda Baker and uh, of course J.J. Watt. They've got so many names on their defensive side. So if if I'm the arizona cardinals i'm going all in i'm looking at the san francisco 49ers and how they're kind of uh you know there's a question mark around that team and same with the seattle seahawks the there is a path for the cardinals to try to make the playoffs this year for sure
2: hundred percent a hundred percent all right good start to the show excited about uh you know ivan joining us next so that's coming up meantime let's go to charlie one and he's standing by with our first traffic update of the afternoon
1: We have a no-hitter, no-wrecks going on right now, but Border Highway, eastbound lanes at Saragosa, Going to that bridge, you got a stall vehicle there. It's on the exit, so it's kind of tying things up there. Where we see some tapping on the brakes is I-10 East Spaghetti Bowl area. There's some construction going on, though. Gateway West at East Lake, right lane closed there for uh, construction. Also, Joe Battle, northbound lanes at Edgemere, two right lanes closed. Caution there. And also, and entera Este, the right lane closed. For construction. There's still construction going on at I-10 in the landfill, slowing things down right there. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Open for dining and carryout Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 8. We have the, the delicious Nampiquena top sirloin steak or chicken breast. The Chila con carne steak or chicken breast, chili con carne. It's all there. And uh, celebrating 75 years, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. I'm Charlie One. 600 ESP El Paso.
2: In sports, you play to win. The same thing can be said for owning a home or business. This is the perfect time of year to start thinking about converting to refrigerated air systems. Hi, I'm Steve Kaplowitz, inviting you to work with Wind Supply El Paso, home to Champion Heating and Cooling. Champion offers refrigerated units that are efficient, economical, and built to last. Everyone
3: will live better and stay cooler. To locate your nearest Champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. That's the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Applebee's is looking for great people to join their team at their new location. Coming soon to the Eastlake Common Shopping Center on Rojas at Eastlake Boulevard. Stop by and apply on-site Monday through Friday between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Applebee's can't wait to meet you.
4: My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and their life it's better than yours. Spilled your milkshake? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand so you can get back to your milkshake my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like it's better than your bounty the quicker picker upper things are a bit tight lately that's why i love kohl's i went back to school shopping and got kids clothes for under 6 dollars sneakers for less than 20 bucks and an extra 20% off already great deals, like 25% off backpacks. And get this, you can save more with a Kohl's card and earn Kohl's cash. Talk about more style and more savings. Select styles, 20% off July 24th. Some exclusives apply. See store or kohl's account for details. Did you book the Townsend's 10th anniversary ticket? Helena's travel agency no, is no, overbooked no, and experiencing better. delays. Need she needs to land a new project manager help. to clear her business's runways. Yes, Mrs. O'Hara, we checked. Pygmy goats do not count as emotional support animals. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by interviewing on Indeed. Visit indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Boss isn't just El Paso's place for chicken tenders. We've got some of the best hot dog sandwiches and custard in town. Now get two chili cheese dog combos for just $15.99. And check out our new east side location at the corner of Montana and Hawkins now open. Get Bossed. Boss tenders, dogs, and custard. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast.
3: Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by Language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language
2: como te llamas como te amas
3: babbel language for life celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold now try babbel for free at babbel.com that's b-a-b-b-e-l.com 600 espn el paso, el paso.
2: back here on Sports Talk. Steve Kaplow, it's with you. And, uh, oh, we're excited to have Ivan Melendez back with us. What a last few days it has been for uh, Ivan and family, Uh, now a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks after being drafted by uh, Arizona uh, this past weekend. Uh, And uh, he's in Arizona as we speak right now. Ivan, great to have you back on the program. Is it hard to describe what the last you know, 72 or so hours have been like for you since you heard uh, your name called uh, on Sunday?
6: Yeah. um, First of all, thanks for having me back, but um, yeah, um, you know, it's been definitely a quick turnaround, big change, you know, in my life. Uh, You know, before heading into the draft, past couple of days, you know, I was just dealing with a bunch of anxiety and nervousness, but now it's turned into excitement, and, you know, uh, we're here in Arizona now. Hopefully, you know, get to sign today, and you know, go go from there, you know, one step at a time.
2: Well, that's fantastic, especially since uh, they've already uh, decided that uh, Drew Jones is locked up and uh, he was signed. So I figured the Diamondbacks mm. don't want to waste any time. They want to make sure they get everybody signed and, and ready to go yeah. as soon as possible. But when I talked yeah. to your dad earlier in the week, he mentioned that uh, his goal is still to get you to finish uh, school at, at Texas this summer yeah. and then get a chance to start playing ball.
6: Yes, yes. Um, I am actually currently, uh, finishing my last, uh, weeks of school and then I'll have my degree. So yeah, not that, you know, I'll need it anytime soon, but you know, it's good to have, so.
2: You got to sure. have that, yeah. You got to have that degree. I mean, listen and sure. trust me. My my uh, my degree hangs in my office, so uh, it, it means yeah. something when you get your diploma. And uh, you're right. Hopefully, you don't need it anytime soon. But when the time comes, it's always good to know you've got that. Uh, you've you've got that uh, degree from 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 Texas.
6: Yes, sir. No doubt. No doubt. It's one of the most prestigious schools. You know, just getting that piece of paper is uh, you know one of the biggest accomplishments. You know, outside of my baseball career. So.
2: When we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago when you were in town, you told me uh, late first, second round is what you were hearing. So uh-huh. when, when, this, uh, when this happened and the Diamondbacks uh, picked you, it's exactly what you expected, although what surprised me a little bit was that uh, maybe Arizona wasn't necessarily the team that you had expected leading into the draft.
6: Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, that's not the case. I was kind of, you know, expecting to go with them or, you know, a handful of other teams. But, you know, they had shown the most interest, you know, because they had like three or four picks in the top two rounds and whatnot. So, uh, you know, they were they were heavy on me. And, you know, I was kind of expecting it, you know, either in the sandwich round or, uh, you know, that early second round. So.
2: Well, I'll say this. I love the pick for so many reasons, and Ivan, maybe the biggest is that uh, there's a path for you uh, going up to the big. Sometimes when Uh you look at a roster and you see, let's say, a franchise player uh, playing your spot, locked up uh, in a five- to ten-year contract, it's a little difficult. But at least in this scenario right now, it seems like if you're able to translate your college success to the pro level, there's no reason why uh, in a couple of years you shouldn't have a chance uh, to to make a a name for yourself out there in Phoenix.
6: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I kind of like, you know, the organization that chose me, you know, it's not like I'm going to play for the Mets or the the Dodgers where, you know, they have someone locked up like Freeman or Alonzo or, you know, Rizzo or something, so... I think it's a great opportunity.
2: What was the experience in being in Los Angeles like for you and the family?
6: Um, I mean it was cool you know I got to got to meet all the all stars, you know the commissioner uh, you know some legends, a bunch of people that are just around the game you know um, it was definitely an, an unbelievable experience some something that you know you don't really get too often you know in your lifetime so you know I was just embracing it and yeah, it was a definitely a life-changing moment.
2: Ivan Melendez with us here on Sports Talk. Now, I'm sure you don't get nervous very often, and, and very few things phase you. That being said, um, when you were there and the first round was wrapping up, and then you had the competitive balance picks in the second round, were you ever starting to get antsy, or did you pretty much feel that uh, you knew it was just a matter of time before you heard your name called?
6: Yeah, I knew it was a matter of time. You know, I knew, uh, well, we had you know a bunch of teams on the phone You know, after the first round, and You know, they had a bunch of teams offering but, you know, we went with uh, the one that was, you know, the best suit for me in my career, and, you know, we went with it. We accepted it, you know, uh, before, you know, any other teams kind of picked me or, you know, if that makes sense.
2: It does. So you're telling me that at that point near the end of the first round, that's when multiple teams started realizing that they wanted to select you but before they made the pick you wanted to make sure that the team that was going to choose uh, you was the team that that made the most sense uh, for you uh, professionally and and, and financially.
6: Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure. Um, You know, there's a few handful of picks, you know, all of the all in uh, that area that, you know, called me. And, you know, I I agreed to the one that, you know, offered the most. So, yes, sir.
2: That's good. All right. Uh, And without naming names, uh, were there any teams that had shown interest in you that you basically said no to uh, because it didn't work out before the Diamondbacks made their choice?
6: Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, there was a few uh, teams that that called, um, you know, we'll offer in this round with this money or, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to offer here. Or it's going to be a little lower than slot or we're going to offer here, but, you know, it's going to be above. So I kind of just had like a, a handful of options. But, you know, I thought uh, the Diamondbacks at 43 was, uh, you know, the best choice.
2: Now I know the slot value uh for your selection is 1.8 million. That was pretty much oh. a fact uh being being said at the time. Um mm-hmm. and and when you decide to sign, hopefully it's today. Uh what's mm-hmm. the, what's the plans? You're going to take uh, take what you get and bank it and uh, put it up there in savings? You're going to uh mm-hmm. buy, buy the family a new house? What what what's the yeah. uh, what, what's the plan for you?
6: Yeah. Um well, I don't I don't get it all at once. I uh but- I'm getting it in uh, two installments for, you know, tax purposes. So,
2: yes, sir. That's fair. But have you decided, yes, uh, uh, do you have any, a list of things that you, that you want to do with uh, any of the bonus when it starts to come your way?
6: No, no, no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch it. You know, um, I have uh, some money saved up from college. So, you know, I'll just be living off that. So, you know, I'm not going to go crazy or buy a house, buy a car or anything, you know, just, you know, live off the money that I've uh, earned in college, you know
2: good for kinda, you
6: yeah kind of you know invest it or do something but you know right now we're just focusing on uh getting my uh career started so
2: okay so you're wrapping up uh yes, college sir. you're going to graduate uh get your degree from texas then you're going to start playing pro ball have the diamondbacks yes, indicated where they, they'd like you to start uh playing once you do sign
6: yeah um well as of right now it's uh they want to test me at, at third so the um you know, there's a high chance I might go to Low a in California. You know, get some reps at third, and then you know, work my way up. So,
2: you got to love that because think about this: you didn't really get to play a lot of third at Texas. That you uh, told us that's your favorite position. You like third more than anything. And the fact uh, that the Diamondbacks will actually give you the opportunity to test out at third and start—that's awesome uh, because that, that's that's that's, that's where you want That's where you want to be.
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No doubt. You know, when they. They called me. they were like, you open, you open to playing, you know, multiple positions. And I said yes. Uh, you know, I could always go back to first. Um, you know, I feel like it's like second nature over there. And you know, they really like the way my feet work. You know, for my size. And, you know, they want me to get some action at third and third and first. And you know, maybe some corner outfield. Who knows?
2: Are you going to have any downtime in El Paso before you start up, or for the most part, are you no. just going to be uh, spending the rest of the time now in Arizona?
6: Um, for, for well, I was in El Paso, uh, yesterday for about half a day, just left this morning, uh, to Arizona. But, um, uh, it looks like I'll be here for eight to 10 days. You know, they said they're going to work me out. Um, uh, you know, get me ready, get me prepared and build me up before, you know, I start competing.
2: You know what else I love about this whole situation, Ivan? I love the fact that while you're uh, going up the system with the Diamondbacks, <clears throat> spring training is in uh, is in Phoenix. So now all these El Pasoans yeah. can make the trip like they normally do to the Cactus League, make sure uh-huh. they stop by uh, Salt River Fields and uh, and see you and uh, and get a chance to watch your development these next few years.
6: Yes, sir, absolutely. You know that's that's uh, one of the, the great parts that you know that the Diamondbacks got I me. Mean, it's not too far away uh, from home. You know, people can travel to see me i got family members you know i could go back home if i need something i could train at the facility it's you know it's just a win-win for me
2: uh you're gonna stay with number 17
6: uh we'll see i don't know how it works out here you know you know my first day out here so we'll see we'll see what they you know what they offer me
2: what number did you wear at uh, coronado 12 okay so you were 12 12, at coronado um Uh and when you were playing uh juco prior to texas what number were you
6: my freshman year I was twenty four and then I went back to twelve my sophomore year because that was that was my number growing up and then uh switched to seventeen at Texas.
2: Okay. Uh by the way yes, it sounds to me like you really don't have a preference. Maybe if you if you had a choice, would twelve probably be the number you want?
6: Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really liking uh you know, seventeen right now, it's kinda become like a trademark. It's kinda when people see it they think of, you know, my number and whatnot. So I'm hoping, you know, it's open but it's not, you know, just – I'm just excited to play.
2: Seventeen is not a common number, so I think there's a pretty good mm-hmm. chance you're gonna get it if you uh if you want. Yeah. Hopefully you will. And if yeah. and if not, I, I've got a feeling you'll have seventeen sooner rather than later, Ivan. I I really believe that.
6: Yes, sir. Yes sir, no doubt. All right But well, uh you know how the spring training numbers are, you know, you see a bunch of high eighties and sixties and and all that, so <laughs>
2: I totally do. Well,
6: listen, um, enjoy the next
2: 8 to 10 days. I'm excited for you. Can't wait to hear the news that uh, you've uh, signed uh, your contract uh, with the Diamondbacks. And uh, we'll yes, look forward to, to watching you spend the rest of the summer uh, making your professional baseball debut. I think it's super exciting. And the fact that you told us third base is going to be uh, at least uh, the position you're going you're to be playing along with first to start, that is great, great news. And I know a lot of people are excited about that.
6: Yes, sir. No doubt. You know I'm excited and ready to get the you know show on the road. But uh, thank you for having me once again. You know it was great talking to
2: you. So, all right, Ivan. Thanks, Listen, sir. take care. We'll keep in touch and uh, best of luck.
6: Yes, sir. Thank
2: you, take- Ivan Melendez, folks. As we continue here on Sports Talk, I'll come back with plenty more. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. <laughs>
0: Appreciate it, Steve. Arizona Cardinals star quarterback Kyler Murray has agreed to a five-year extension worth $230 million. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter, a deal that makes him one of the NFL's highest-paid quarterbacks. Let's go to more news today. This also out of the NFL, the Cleveland Browns worked out veteran quarterbacks Josh Rosen and A.J. McCarron, among others, ahead of the start of training camp. Sources tell ESPN's uh, Jeremy Fowler today. The Browns, who face the possibility of quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, could be suspended under the NFL's personal conduct policy. They are looking to enter training camp with four quarterbacks. In fact, today, they made, the, uh, they made the announcement that they will sign Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. Rosen is just 25 years old and those who have been around him believe that he is ready to prove that he belongs. Let's go to more news today. This also out of football, but this one being college football involving the Georgia Bulldogs and their head coach Kirby Smart, after guiding Georgia's football to their first national championship game in uh, 41 years, C- coach Kirby Smart has agreed to a new 10-year contract that will pay him a record of 112.5 million dollars through the 2031 season. Sources told ESPN that the 120 uh, excuse me the 112.5 million dollar total would be the most ever paid to a college football coach. Smart's average. Salary of eleven point twenty five million would also be atop the um all all the, all the coaches across college football. That's look at your Sports Center update for six hundred ESPN El Paso. I am Adrian Bratis.
2: Adrian, thank you very much. I just checked out the uh, Visalia Rawhide roster in the Cow League. They've got a guy wearing twelve. They have somebody wearing seventeen. And they have somebody wearing 24.
0: Oh, man. So Ivan might
2: have to go with some weird number for his professional debut, take whatever they give him, and then after that, maybe next season he'll have a chance to actually get the number he wants.
0: Yeah, I understand. Hey, he's got to he's got to uh, work his way up. He's got to prove himself. And uh, sometimes, you know, things like numbers, that's something that you have to prove when, when you're trying to earn jersey numbers right. from your counterparts in Major League Baseball and, and even growing up uh, through the minor league system. You
2: also realize that because he's going to be getting a large bonus, maybe he can buy... The jersey number from somebody wearing it. Go. Maybe a guy wearing seventeen will be more than happy to to sell Ivan uh, his jersey for five hundred to a thousand dollars. After all, that could be double. What these guys make every week or two in terms of their pay for a minor league baseball?
0: Well, actually, now that you're saying that, Steve, this could get grim as far as the price. I mean, you could get it for like maybe twenty thousand, and uh, that would really help somebody out as far as one of these minor league players. I don't think
2: Ivan cares enough about wearing number seventeen to have no. to give somebody twenty grand.
0: No, not at all. So yeah, I mean, I,
2: Ivan might not even want to give him five hundred. Who the heck knows? I mean, the guy doesn't even have, he, like when you ask about his money. He's, he said, I'm not buying anything. I'm banking it. I'm living off the money from the University of Texas. I don't care. I like that response.
0: I was expecting at least, hey, I'm going to buy a Tesla. I've had my eye on a Tesla for a while. Hey, I want to buy a house for my family back in El Paso, so I have a chance to hang out at this house whenever I get back home. Uh, I was expecting something like that. So for him to say that he's saving all his money, I mean, man, this guy's mature beyond measures.
2: Yeah, he really is. Uh, Love the conversation. I'll tell you right now, I had no idea, no idea, that he'd have an opportunity to play third base. Uh and that's and I like the fact that the Diamondbacks are telling him, "You know what? Let's see what you got." Let's see what you could do at third. Because Texas never gave him the chance. Um, he hasn't played third probably since his days in junior college at Coronado. So now he's getting his opportunity. And if it doesn't work, then they can always put him at first base. And that's it. So I love the fact that the Diamondbacks are going to give him a chance to work out at third.
0: Hey, he really, he improved substantially from his uh, previous season with Texas when he was drafted in the 16th round to this past season, which was historic. He improved drastically because he, was, he switched over from being a DH to first base he did he, uh his fielding percentage looked great when you yep. started to look at those stats. So why not? Why not give him a chance to play more defense uh, for, you know, at the Major League Baseball level and, you know, try to work his way up through the minors at that third base spot,
2: especially since he told us that's the position he likes the best. If you, you know, you just drafted him in the second round. At this point, what do you have to lose? Throw him out there. If he can handle himself at third, maybe then you could possibly have yourself a future power-hitting third baseman rather than a first baseman.
0: Sure, and then if you know if it doesn't work at third base, then he can always switch back to first, and, and there's yep. no real problem there since he has experience at that level.
2: 100% agree with you. So, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, is that Ivan's going to get a chance to play some third base with the Diamondbacks to start off in, in uh, it's not even rookie ball, it's, it's high A. Or low A, I should say. Low A. It's the Cal League. It's weird. The Cal League, like Visalia... Used to be high A, and then they swapped it. They moved it when baseball bought or took over um, minor league baseball. They took the Cal League and went from a high A league now to a low A league. It's weird how they did that, but that's what's what's going on right now. So it's okay. I'm happy for Ivan. Great conversation. Uh, I am interested to see what uh, when when uh, the deal is done. You know. What Ivan makes out of this whole thing aren't you kind of curious
0: yeah and i I thought that was also interesting because it's kind of conflicting reports right his dad saying that they didn't really know if it if he was going to Arizona and he was like oh no I knew I, I you know 43 sounded right for me and yes. sure that that was cool for Ivan maybe he did get tipped off the day of you know of the draft that that's that's where he could be landing he ends up going there now it's just about how much he will make which we'll probably hear about here in the next couple hours here by maybe by the time we finish here on sports talk today. I started laughing
2: when Ivan was essentially, I don't want to say, well, your dad told us this, but, you know, it was really kind of funny that what um, Raul Melendez told us on, uh, on I guess it was what, Monday show or Tuesday show? Right, Monday uh-huh. show was uh, very quickly, uh, dis- uh, you know, just, um, I don't want to say shot down by his son, but, you know, it, it sounds like it was. I didn't also realize that there were teams looking to take him possibly sooner with a less of a maybe a, a, a less of a value and things like that, paying him less, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. He waited for the right deal, and that was the Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah, and and you know, going the second round, going at pick number 43, and uh, just having that opportunity to stay close to home and make the good money that he is making, I mean, it just sounds like a perfect fit for Ivan Melendez, and uh, I'm really excited about his his career for years to come.
2: I don't completely agree with you, All right, 38 passed as a Sports Talk rolls along randy wilkins is going to join us a little more than 20 minutes from now he is the mastermind uh, behind his baby the seven-part documentary series on derek cheater entitled the captain so randy will join us uh, live via zoom here at five o'clock that is a conversation you do not want to miss in the meantime nine one five 505-6009, get you right on in and through to sports talk as KVIA News continues here. 600 ESPN El Paso.
5: I'm abc Seven Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Thursday, July 21st on 600 ESPN El Paso. We remain under an ABC7 first alert for the extreme heat and thunderstorms are expected in the late afternoon. Download the StormTrack weather and traffic app and sign up for alerts sent directly to your phone. Anticipation is building ahead of tonight's final scheduled hearing of the House Select Committee investigating the deadly January 6th insurrection. Tonight, committee members will take the American people inside the Trump White House during those 187 minutes between when rioters breached the Capitol and former President Donald Trump finally responded. ABC7's complete coverage begins tonight at 6. A special edition of ABC7 News airs at 9 p.m. Two teens are accused of a robbery spree holding up several convenience stores in the Northeast. 19-year-old Christopher Howard and 18-year-old Alicia Herrera are facing several charges, including two counts of aggravated robbery. El Paso police say the teen couple robbed four different store clerks at gunpoint around 3 a.m. Wednesday. Officers eventually spotted them at a 7-Eleven on Dyer. Both were booked into the El Paso County Jail. A former Horizon High School teacher was sentenced to life in prison for coercion and enticement of a minor. According to court documents, Ricardo Ortiz was engaged in a sexual conversation on social media with who he believed was a 14-year-old. The person was actually an undercover FBI agent. The FBI also discovered Ortiz was sexually assaulting at least three minors in the El Paso area and also found child pornography on Ortiz's electronic devices. A woman struck by a vehicle Wednesday morning in a Las Cruces Target parking lot has died. 70-year-old Beatriz Montoya was walking in the parking lot when she was hit by a truck, according to police. Las Cruces police say she died at a hospital. Police officers say the driver's cooperating and alcohol is not expected to be a factor. Get news on the ABC7 app on air and online at KVIA.com. I'm abc 7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: Now, in the El Paso Metroplex, so the total spot that we have is I-10 West at Wrestler. We have a crash here, the right lane taken away, I-10 West at Wrestler, But there's backup both directions, mostly what's going on is doos going on there. I-10 West at Wrestler affecting both sides. Also, where we see some heavy traffic right now is I-10 East for Bowl area. U.S. 54 South to the widest part of entry, kind of in that uh, slow-moving traffic right there, caution in that area. There's construction going on still, though. There's a construction going on, Zaragoza and Tierra Este, right lane closed. Joe Battle and Edgemere, two right lanes closed there for construction. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Open for dining and carry out Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 8. Party Trades, popular Mr. T Specials, full menu, fresh, delicious, affordable. Don't forget the delicious sopapillas. Celebrating 75 years, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon, Charlie 1 ESPN, El Paso.
0: Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone.
3: AutoZone. Westar presents Cool Canyon Nights. Free concerts. Thursday evening. and Canyon Amphitheater. Enjoy drinks. Beer. Wine. Feed your appetite at the food truck pavilion. And remember to order your VIP tickets for your favorite night with reserved seats inside the amphitheater. Cool Canyon Nights. Experience the patio stage at Cool Canyon Nights presented by El Paso Community College Career and Technical Education. Get certified for a career in as little as 12 months. For a list of careers and information on how to enroll, visit epcc.edu/slash.
0: CTE. You can get your head out of the classroom and get a career-ready degree with Career and Technical Education at El Paso Community College. Advanced technology, health programs, IT, and computer science. There are so many options to choose from. You can be certified in as little as 12 months. Get that career you always wanted today. Visit epcc.edu cte for a complete list of careers and information on how to enroll. That's epcc.edu cte.
3: And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio ziprecruiter.com slash radio.
0: Here at Sun Metro, great careers in public transit are waiting for you. They're now hiring operators to join their dedicated team. Don't have a commercial driver's license? Sun Metro offers extensive on-the-job pay training to assist individuals with earning a CDL when you apply for a trainee position. Sun Metro also offers retirement benefits. Now through August 31st, all new city employees in non-uniform positions will receive a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Call today, 915-212-3333, or visit at www.sunmetro.net slash employment
3: Chihuahua's Baseball is back
2: 1-2 to Colway Swinging a line drive to center. Peters jumps, and it's over his head! Three runs have scored. Here comes Coley. Throw to the plate.
3: Save! Follow your El Paso Chihuahuas all season long on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every game, every play. Tim Haggerty brings you the excitement of our Chihuahuas, the AAA affiliate of the San Diego Padres. Read more. 600ESPNELPASO.com Things are a bit tight lately.
4: That's why I love Cole. I went back to school shopping and got kids clothes for under $6 sneakers for less than 20 bucks and an extra 20% off already great deals like 25% off backpacks and get this. You can save more with the Kohl's card and earn Kohl's cash. Talk about more style and more savings. Select styles 20% off for until July 24th. Some students apply. See store or Kohl's account for details.
3: Almost 3 million people use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose
0: cleaner that helps flush out airborne germs with powered suction. But what do doctors have to say about Navage? Here's Dr. Tonya Farmer, a board-certified ear, nose, and throat specialist.
4: Most airborne allergens and viruses enter through your nose. When that happens, it can cause congestion and irritation, and that just makes you feel miserable. You can get a cold, you can get flu, sinus infections, or even worse. Flushing your nose with a saline solution is the most effective way to flush all of those dangerous threats out of your nose. So now when patients come in my office, I tell them, I highly recommend that you use Navaj on a daily basis for overall good health and wellness.
0: And Navaj is all natural and drug free at Navaj.com, Walmart, Walgreens, CBS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Navaj, N A V A G E. Clean nose, healthy life.
6: Max Kellerman here. Check out the Max Kellerman show
7: every weekday starting at noon right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. Surprised we don't run Mike and Mike promos anymore. After listening to that Max Kellerman promo.
0: FSBP and Russillo.
2: Yeah, we should do that too. Then we've got... Um, Dan uh, Levitard. We've got Zubin Mahenti, who hasn't been on the air in like four years. Uh... Yeah, we'll work on getting those for you folks updated a little bit, so maybe things will be a a little more current. I don't know. I kind of like it. I like the fact that we're running promos that are – from before COVID, I think that's kind of cool. Actually, it works out uh, works out really well.
0: So uh, here, I'm gonna just throw something out. I, it would be cool if we got like local people that we know. Like, hey, this is uh, Ivan Melendez, and you're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso. That would be kind of cool. We It'd
2: did those for years. Really, we used to get like celebrities like Babe Loffenberg and others, and wow. we would do we would do those kind of things. So you want you'd rather yes. hear those than. Old outdated uh, ESPN um, you know returns that are so ridiculously old and people probably just aren't they don't even they don't even think or care about it but it's still pretty funny when you start to th- when you start to look at it
0: yeah actually I'm in on this like now now I'm thinking about this a little bit more we've got some friends we could ask some people to to do some of uh, these uh, quick quick uh, outros or intros for us
2: I think so too I do. 48 past the sports talk uh, continues. 505-6009 that is our telephone number. Don't forget uh, we've got Randy Wilkins uh, joining us here in a little more than 10 minutes from now to begin our 5 o'clock hour talking about the captain episode 2 tonight on uh, ESPN and I think there's so, you know what, and we'll talk more about this coming up in the 5 o'clock hour but you know, Derek Jeter is, I don't want to compare him to Jordan but he was so popular during his playing days that you saw Yankee number 2 jerseys from everybody. Everybody was wearing them. And I mean, if you and and because he lived a, a life where he was so guarded, meaning you never really heard a lot of dirt on Jeter because he protected himself so well and never got into scandals and you know, you 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 kind of heard the story about his dating life and um, how if, if a woman uh, was dumped, they'd get like a little care package uh, on their way out. But for the most part, no one really ever said a, you know, a bad thing about Derek Jeter. He, he somehow played you know, more than 15 years in New York City and is probably the most guarded New York sports celebrity of all time.
0: Yeah, I could totally agree with that. I feel like he's very comparable to Kobe. I, I think he is as, as kind of a polarizing athlete in a sport. I I think now that we, that we look at Kobe's legacy, we, uh, we'll we probably realize that there's never going to be somebody like that. But in terms of the popularity, I, I feel like Jeter is kind of on par with uh, what Kobe really you know resembled when he was an icon, when he was going up in basketball and all that, and how much everybody loved him, how everybody bought 24 jerseys, everybody bought the number Number two jerseys with uh, with the Yankees and Derek Jeter.
2: They did uh, huge Jeter fans, and you know the only difference to me between Kobe and, and Jeter is Kobe did have that one scandal Definitely. that that for a while really uh, kind of tarnished his name and image. But once uh, that was settled, and then he went back to basketball, and that was I don't want to say forgotten, but it wasn't nearly as big a story as as it was at the time. Then you know I, I think his you know the aura of Kobe Bryant the legacy just kept going rising to
0: the top yeah, and also there was the trade request on Kobe's end. I, I think that there, you know, with Kobe, there was more off the court stuff. He he didn't get along with certain teammates at times. With Jeter, it was kind of like you, you know you you were so attracted to him on the field and his abilities, and you kind of you you just stuck with that right there. If you're a baseball fan at mm-hmm. the time, and you know, I I even remembered that last game. I love how they opened up uh, the documentary with his final game at Yankee Stadium and how that really played out. That, that one was such an emotional game right there, and it just made you kind of reflect back on uh, his entire career with Derek Jeter.
2: Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So anyway, that's coming up here uh, in uh, our 5 o'clock hour as we we start things off uh, with with Randy Wilkins and excited about that. Uh, Meanwhile, this story broke a little while ago. Uh, Josh Rosen uh, was working out for the Browns. Now he signs a one-year deal. So Josh Rosen uh, will, in fact, uh, be joining Cleveland Um, most likely in a backup role. This is not a starting role. I mean, look, they have Deshaun Watson. I think they want Deshaun Watson insurance right now. That's the biggest key. They know he's going to be gone, could be gone the entire season, and they need to make sure that they have somebody that can play quarterback right now, considering Jacoby Brissett is also there. So you almost have the Brissett Rose in battle because it is a foregone conclusion that Watson is going to be suspended under the NFL's personal conduct policy. You just wonder you know, how long will that suspension take place?
0: Yeah, I've heard any everything. I've heard six games. I've heard eight games. I've heard half the season. I've heard the full season. Yep. I've heard two seasons. So mm-hmm. you, you hear all these different things. There's not really a clear answer just because of all the uh, things that uh, Watson is facing right now. And you look at Jacoby Brissett. This is somebody who has had starting experience across the NFL, but he's not going to be somebody who can lead you to a playoff or lead you even you know to a playoff victory. Is he somebody who can maybe win you eight games maybe I'm not sure about that. Is Josh Rosen somebody who can not. win you games? No way. No, no way. Josh at
2: all. Josh Rosen is a bust. Okay. He was the tenth pick taken in the twenty eighteen draft. And if you look at Josh Rosen's career, um, you know, he took his lumps with the Cardinals, got was traded after that. And uh, last season played for the Falcons, uh, two for 11 with two picks. I mean, Josh Rosen is someone that a lot of people really liked a lot coming out of college, but it's a great example that even if you're a prolific college quarterback, the NFL is no guarantee. And yet, 10th overall pick, that shows you right there how enamored NFL teams are with college quarterbacks that that are prolific uh during their college career.
0: Yeah, the quarterback position is valued at an all-time high right now. Even this past year where you didn't you only saw one quarterback drafted in the first round. There are still uh you, you still look at all these different quarterbacks taken and it's kind of like a 50-50 bust rate. I mean, Josh Rosen ends up not panning out of that NFL draft in 2018, but who does in that draft? It's True. Josh Allen, it's it's Lamar Jackson, it's not Sam Darnold. Uh Baker Mayfield, I, I mean, you can kind of make an argument either way. Jury's still
2: out for Baker Mayfield to see long-term what he does.
0: Exactly. So it's just kind of like a 50-50 split. You can't really, every year, you just kind of flip a coin and you think, well, maybe this guy will do well and maybe he won't.
2: hundred percent. So anyway, that's going to be interesting. Look, I'd like to see Josh Rosen succeed. He's only 25 years old. And I mean, this is his fourth franchise. I mean, first you started uh, going to... Uh, the Cardinals, then Miami, then Atlanta. He's failed all three, so I'd like to see him do well. And he's still a young guy. That's the thing is that, man, you know, you don't want to label somebody a colossal bust at 25, but that's what Rosen's been so far.
0: Yeah, and maybe Rosen won't have to do much, or Bursette, because they've got a nice two-headed monster in their backfield. So maybe you don't have to rely too much on the pass.
2: All right, we'll talk about the captain next. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. Hour number two right around the corner, 600 ESPN El Paso.
4: The summer of game show mania continues at Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino with your chance to head to The Wall Wall. Win your share of $240,000 every Saturday. Earn entries today, and you and your teammate could slide pugs down the wall for thousands of dollars. The Wall of Cash! Saturdays through August 27th, where there's always more. Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino.
0: Play responsibly. 24 hour crisis helpline, 1 800 572
3: 1142. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required terms. Apply available at babbel.com. slash DNC. I thought learning a language would be too much work. Then I discovered Babel. They make learning fun. J'aime Babel.
4: Babel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes. And in three short weeks, you turn around and realize, hey, I can actually speak another language. Es como magia.
0: My friend from Italy said my accent and pronunciation is perfect. It's because Babbel's lessons are designed by language teachers and voiced by
3: real native speakers.
4: I love that there's all kinds of ways to learn. Babbel's podcasts, or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher.
3: You learn words and phrases you actually use in real conversations.
5: In three weeks, I was speaking another language. So easy.
3: If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. To try Babbel free, text RADIO to 64000. Text R-A-D-I-O to 64000 to try Babbel free. Text RADIO to 64000.
7: Ah, yeah. It's Coach Ice-T. Who's ready to spin? We're starting with a big hill. Let's ride.
4: Why is Ice-T leading our spin class? It's probably the Honey Nut Cheerios. He found out they can help lower cholesterol. Now he's having fun taking care of his heart in all sorts of new ways.
7: That's right, Buzz. Now, Spinners, really pour your heart into it and pick it up.
4: Learn more by picking up a box of Cheerios. And check out our Pour Your Heart Into It audio workouts with Ice-T and Buzz to get your heart pumping. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. When flying insects show up in your home, how do you get rid of them? Hopelessly clapping every single one? Aimlessly swatting back and forth? Hanging fly strips in your living room? Ew, ew, ew? Instead, try ZEVO traps. ZEVO uses light, not odor or chemical insecticides, to attract and trap bugs, working continuously so you don't have to. ZEVO, people friendly. Bug deadly. Now at a store near you
7: mvp's bonus days are here for pros for 12 days pros save big and mvps get even more because mvp's pro rewards members can earn bonus points to redeem for rewards earn points on every dollar spent up to one thousand dollars and get up to three times more points when you shop select brands and products find mvp's bonus day savings from july 11th to the 22nd in-store and online exclusively at lowe's exclusively for pros MVP's Pro Rewards Program, subject to program terms and conditions. Details at lowes.com slash L slash pro loyalty terms. Subject to
3: change. I miss my baby. Someone stole my baby. By the way, my baby is my landscaping truck that was literally stolen from a job site. Baby, won't you please come home? Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but with 30-plus customizable coverage options, Progressive Commercial keeps your business humming along. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at progressivecommercial.com. I love my sweetheart. By the way, that's my riding lawnmower. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. It's the first day
4: of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a layback.
6: homemade taste of Bluebell and good friends gathered
1: round. The good old days are being made right now. Some things sound so good you can almost taste it. Like bluebell strawberry lemonade ice cream. Delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine. The good old days are being made
4: right now the good old days are being made right
3: now look for bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today streaming worldwide through the 600 ESP-
2: start of hour number two here on sports talk welcome back everybody along with adrian broadis i'm steve kaplowitz I know a lot of you uh, have been enjoying uh, The Captain, the new documentary that uh, debuted uh, just a few days ago on ESPN. It is a seven-part documentary on uh, Derek Jeter. And we are so happy right now to be joined by a filmmaker and the director of the captain. He is Randy Wilkins, and he's live with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we begin our second hour of the program. Randy, good to hear you uh, on the show, and thanks so much for doing this. How are you today?
7: Thank you for joining me. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, we need to be the one thanking you. That's for sure. Cause I know you're busy. Uh, we've got uh, the second episode uh, debuting here uh, in just a couple of hours in El Paso. A lot of people are excited about that. And as you might imagine, there are a lot of Yankee fans in El Paso because there's Yankee fans everywhere. Right, Randy?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been pretty remarkable to hear from fans across the country and really across the world to, uh, share their thoughts with me about the film and about Derek and the impact that he's had on him. So um, I'm happy there are a lot of Yankees fans in El Paso. I'm I'm very excited to hear that, and uh, I hope they're enjoying the film.
2: Now, did you grow up a Yankees fan as a kid?
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm born in the Bronx, raised in the Bronx. Uh, I live maybe half an hour, 40 minutes away from Yankee Stadium. So uh, that's all I've known uh, in terms of being a baseball fan. We don't recognize the Mets, uh, so there's only one team in town. And uh yeah, I mean the Yankees have been my team since since birth.
2: As a Mets fan, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. But but you're right. You you're, you're, you're speaking the truth, <laughs> Randy. Uh, Yankees fans don't recognize Mets fans. Even in 86, the Yankee fans pretended like that year never happened for uh, for the Mets.
7: Pretty much, uh, we speak with uh, Dallas Strawberry in the film, and we just basically talk about everything but the '86 championship. So,
2: <laughs> hey, that's okay. They got their own ESPN documentary uh, last year, right? So they got what they uh, what they deserved.
7: Yep, absolutely.
2: Now, tell me a little bit about the thought process behind this documentary, because. When we watched uh, the last dance during Covid and really saw Michael Jordan portrayed in in that light with all that original footage that was saved and brought back to uh you know that documentary, i'm sure everybody was thinking, "Who else can we do a doc on that hasn't really been profiled and Derek Jeter is such a giant name in baseball but yet was so guarded throughout his professional career. I was shocked that we even were found out that you were able to do this in the first place because I didn't know if Jeets was going to want to give you the opportunity and the access to really profile him as, as in-depth as you have.
7: Yeah, I mean, I was shocked too when I heard it, to be quite honest. Um, this wasn't my seed of an idea. This was brought to me uh, by Spike Lee and Mike Tolan. Uh, when Spike reached out to me in June of 2020, I was shocked that Derek wanted to do it but also that I might have the opportunity to tell Derek's story so speaking with Derek he became interested when he got the call to be inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple years ago he had a film crew there and he started to think back on his career and he also realized that his daughters had never seen him play baseball before and they didn't know anything about his life prior to them uh, being in his life so he started to think about it, and and one thing that he constantly talks about is not necessarily a regret, but maybe a hope or a wish that he had been in the moment more during his career. And he was always thinking about what's next, what's next, and never really enjoyed the moments that he had uh, over the 20-year career that he had with the Yankees. And then he decided, you know, maybe this is something that I can use as a way to chronicle my life and career with Uh, with my daughters when they're old enough to watch this. So part of it is um, The Last Dance. I think that that plays a small role in it because we we saw the impact that it had on our culture and kind of helped us get through the early days of the pandemic. But a lot of it has to do with Derek wanting to share these moments with his daughter and, and this giving him a chance to actually look back on his career.
2: Randy Wilkins, uh, filmmaker, director of *The Captain*, he joins us live here on Sports Talk as we continue. Now, something you said that's really interesting, and that is, you get a call from Spike Lee who asks you about doing this project. The first reaction would be, "Well, why didn't Spike do the uh, the documentary? Was he just too busy at the time?" Because this also seems like it'd be something that'd be right up his alley, too.
7: Yeah, he was he was busy, but he also felt like I was the perfect guy to tell this story as well. So. Um, He had his commitments, but I think he believed in me as a filmmaker. He knew my background as a Yankees fan, how passionate I am about the sport of baseball, and that I had the ability to tell this story. So, Um, I think he was placing Derek in really good hands and I think the film reflects that.
2: Randy, that's got to be as much of a tribute to you as a filmmaker as this documentary because I know you've got a close relationship with Spike, but to have somebody like that call you, pitch you the idea and think you're the perfect person for it, uh, you probably were as flattered about that call as you are about the finished
7: product. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a great testament of my relationship with, with Spike and um, the amount of work that I put in to, to help with his projects and my dedication to the craft, and how much uh, he saw in me, so I'm greatly appreciative of Spike looking out for me.
2: We saw in the first episode a lot of the early footage of uh, of Derek from when he was signed and growing up to uh, his first year with, with the Yankees. I'm wondering, as you started putting this together over the last year plus, how difficult was it for you to get and obtain? all of that old uh, archived footage. And um, I didn't even realize as much of it would still exist today as we saw early on in the first episode.
7: It wasn't that hard. Uh, A lot of it came from his family. I mean, it came from his own family archives. And um, I think they had lost some of their, their archive because of a flood, if I remember correctly. So thankfully there was still some stuff that was lying around that they had access to and they provided it right away. His sister, Charlie, was great with us both, both on camera and behind the scenes in terms of helping us get all that, that great footage and the family photos and all of that. So I'm um, really appreciative of, that, appreciative of that. And we had a great Arcago researcher uh, in Stephanie Benson and then uh, prior to her, Sheila Maniar. So uh, we had a great team that was able to unearth all of these gems and I'm very thankful for it.
2: That's terrific. And when you started to ask uh, all of the people that have been involved in his career – on the field, off the field, uh, to be a part of this. Um, did everybody pretty much jump at the opportunity, or were there certain individuals that were, let's say, tougher for you to get uh, to, to interview about Derek uh, than, than maybe uh, others?
7: There were one or two people that were tough to get, but when we reached out to people, they were immediately on board. Uh, I think the biggest issue is when you're dealing with busy people, you just have to make sure the schedule is aligned. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's so much love for Derek that, People were lining up to be a part of it. Um, and they also gave us a, a lot of their their own time. I mean, a lot of these interviews were three, four hours long. So not only did they commit to being a part of the project, but they committed to a significant amount of time to discuss his career, the, the Yankees, and um, things beyond that. So, yeah, it, people were ready to go. Um, and I think that that just shows how much people loved Derek.
2: Randy Wilkins with us here. The name of the documentary is The Captain, uh, episode two tonight uh, on ESPN. And then every Thursday uh, for the next five weeks, there's, it's a seven-part uh, documentary, and it's going to air every Thursday uh, on, on ESPN as uh, we, we talk a little bit about uh, Derek Jeter. When you were telling his story, uh, I know one of the things you probably wanted to do is tell it as accurately as possible. When you uh, sat down and approached this with Derek uh, is it difficult when someone who has been so guarded during his pro career, because let's be honest, you play in New York City as long as Derek Jeter did. He didn't find himself in the back pages of the New York Post, didn't really find himself in the, in, in the gossip columns for tabloids. He was able to, to live out his career as one of the most popular athletes in the history of New York sports and never really had any type of controversy surrounding him on or off the field.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it was that difficult because we had conversations before we filmed a frame of his interview. So he understood going into this in order for this film to be compelling and for it to work. Quite frankly, he was going to have to open up. He couldn't treat me like a beat reporter that was in front of his locker for 20 years. So uh, he knew what this required. He knew that this was a film and not necessarily uh, a spot on the 10 o'clock news to recap a game that this was about his life both on and off the field and that it requires him to, to open up. But I think the important thing too is that the persona that he had publicly as a Yankee was all by design. He did that so he didn't create distractions in the clubhouse. For him, Derek is truly obsessed with winning and was very aware of all the factors that could influence his team's ability to win games and win championships and Part of that is dealing with the media, especially in New York. So he sacrificed uh, his personality or sharing his personality. He took the slings and arrows in a way because he knew that people were going to say he was boring and didn't offer up anything. He, he knew all of that, but he didn't care because the focus was on winning. So he's no longer a player. He no longer has to compete at the highest level. He can open up a little bit and he's in a different stage of his life. Again, he wants to share a part of his life with his daughter. So so in order to do that accurately and with emotion, he had to open up a little bit and he did for the film.
0: Randy, as the first uh, episode debuted this past week, one of the things that we got a chance to actually see was that uh, Derek Jeter, it took him a while to get acclimated at the uh, at the low A level. I mean, 56 errors, he talked about that. What were, what were those discussions talking about those struggles early on in his career? Yeah, he
7: was honest about it. Um, he did not have a good time early on in his professional career. You know, he – he played baseball in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's a northern state with bad weather. He they didn't grow up in California or Texas or Florida where he was able to play year-round and play against some of the best competition on a high high school level. You know, he, he was playing 15, 20 high school games a year in bad weather. And when you get to the professional ranks and you're facing these guys that play all the time and have elite talent, the game is pretty fast. And I think for Derek – there was no way he could actually prepare for the speed of professional baseball. And it was overwhelming at times. And I think he questioned himself. It was probably the only time where his extreme confidence wasn't consistently carrying him through, uh, but he he adjusted. I think that a lot of it goes back to his upbringing. His parents said that, you know, "can't" was a curse word in his house. Um, I think his experiences as a biracial black kid in Michigan also toughened him up and forced him to make sure that he navigated the world and, and especially times when it wasn't going to be easy. So I think that he had the proper foundation to um, overcome those struggles. He was honest about it. He, It was tough, uh, but I also think he's tough because of his background and his upbringing, and he was able to overcome it. How much is
2: being uh, you know, a, a biracial uh, you know, star as he turned into uh, a big part of the documentary as well when you really start to explore that, uh, th- that relationship?
7: Oh, it's a pretty significant part. I mean, it, it shapes the way that Derek views the world both on and off the field. There's an interesting dichotomy where Derek loves to be seen and he views the, the playing field as almost like a Broadway stage and he wanted people to, to watch and he wanted to show off. But as soon as he stepped off that stage, he preferred that people didn't watch him or, and didn't look at him. Um, because it made him uncomfortable, uh, given his experiences growing up in Michigan with his sister and, and his parents. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty significant part of the film. Uh, we delve into it in episode five. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's part of who he is, and in telling his story, it has to be a part of it.
2: As the documentary started to take shape, and really as you started putting this thing together, tell me a little bit about what you learned about Derek Jeter. as a a person, something that you might not have ever thought about as a casual fan uh, watching him all those years. But the closer you grew to Jeter during this project, the more you, you realize there was so much more to him than what was on the surface.
7: Trust and loyalty are two of the most important things in his life. And he measures people by those two values. And if you don't match how he views it then you're not really in his inner circle and there's really no if ands or buts about it um it's incredibly important to him that he's able to trust those around him it's incredibly important that people are loyal to him because he's loyal to them um, you know it's a two-way street it's not uh some superstar expecting people to um kind of worship the ground that he that he walks on it's it's mutual Um, because that's how he looks at it. He treats friends like family, Um, and he's extremely loyal to them. He has their back, and he expects the same. So going into it, I didn't know how much that influenced the way that he interacts with goes around him, and that's kind of like that that line of separation. So that was really interesting to learn about him, and um, it's very, very important to him.
2: So with episode two coming up tonight and then the other uh, five uh, in the Thursdays to come, what do you think that uh, my listeners and everybody else that's watching the captain, what do you think that they're really going to take away from this documentary when it's all said and
7: done? Honestly, that's not my job. You know, my job is to to present it to people and that they can come to their own conclusions. So many people come to it with so many thoughts and feelings and hopes and experiences that it shapes their viewing experience. Mm -hmm. So um, as a Yankees fan in New York, it might be different from a Yankees fan in El Paso. Uh, You know, there there are things that, there's a way in which Derek has impacted people in different ways. So it wouldn't be my place to tell an audience how to walk away from a film. I just hope that they're emotionally engaged. I hope that they have fun. I hope that they do learn something about Derek. But that takeaway is really and really shouldn't be up to the people that are watching.
2: Well, Randy, I think they're going to learn a lot just because, again – People know Derek Jeter, but they know him from watching him play. And as you mentioned, you didn't want to be like another beat writer, just getting the usual questions and answers. You're going you're to dig into someone's life that really has never given anybody this kind of access before even close to it. So I think the biggest thing people are going to learn is they're going to learn more about what Derek Jeter was like on and off the field because they're going to see him from a totally different uh, perspective than maybe they thought they knew all these years.
7: Absolutely. It's just the specifics of it. uh, I don't I don't ever want to dictate to an audience. So I feel confident that they're going to learn more about Derek. They're probably going to feel like a Derek Jeter expert around the water cooler uh, when this is all over. And as long as they feel that way, then I'm happy.
2: And I'm sure for you, you've been doing this a long time. Um, I'm not going to ask you, is this among your favorite projects that you've ever worked on? But when you look back on this, I'm sure being a Yankee fan, getting a chance to profile in depth someone like Derek Jeter has to be one of your career accomplishments.
7: Oh, absolutely. But it's more so just because of the way my career has unfolded and um, having the opportunity and challenge to tell a story of this magnitude and with this much exposure. So the Yankee fan is happy, but the filmmaker is is happier.
2: Makes sense. By the way, Randy, you've been terrific. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, El Paso and Peter Schwartzbein, uh, who's listening to this conversation right now, along with his mom, Sylvia. I understand you both went to college together, and Pete gets a huge assist for getting you on the show today because he came at me with this. I never would have guessed in a million years that the two of you had a chance to go to college together.
7: Yeah, that's my that's my brother from college. Um, So shout out to Pete and shout out to Sylvia, my mom in El Paso. So um, they've been incredibly supportive. They're wonderful people. I consider them uh, close friends and very important people in my life. So I'm happy for his success down there. And uh, I'm happy that they're listening.
2: You ever been to El Paso, Randy?
7: Not yet, but I will be one day. Yeah.
2: We, we got we to get you here after this, that's for sure. So, listen, congratulations again on the captain. Appreciate all the time having you join us on the show. And uh, really, uh, can't wait for not just Episode 2 tonight, but the rest of
7: this series. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
2: He's Randy Wilkins, folks, joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. 20 past the hour. Come back with more in a moment. But first, let's get out to Charlie One, get this traffic update. 25 past the hour as Sports Talk continues. Our thanks again to Randy Wilkins for joining us tonight, episode two of The Captain. Really enjoyed um, everything he had to say, and he's right. I mean, I think everybody will probably um, get different takeaways from this when it's all said and done, but, man, what do you say? Loyalty and trust is pretty much his, his, his biggest thing as a, as a, as a person.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, this was such an—it's kind of like an eye-opener to the insight that he's getting on the back end, too, Steve, which I found very fascinating, just uh, getting this kind of trust, not only from uh, Spike Lee, but Derek Jeter, yep. and through all the people that worked on this project. Pretty remarkable. But think about
2: this for a second, Adrian, and that is you you—you um, play in New York, okay? Um, you realize that very easily you could end up on the back of the Post or the New York Daily News and Gossip City about you and everything about you. So I can understand why trust is such a big part of, of Derek Jeter. I think it's probably like that for most athletes in general. You want trust and loyalty, but playing there with your celebrity status, especially, you're, you're kind of the king of New York, the face of the team, you're the captain. There, there's a lot that really goes into that, and you can understand why that's been such a big part of, of his circle.
0: Yeah, it seemed like he's somebody who also just really stuck to baseball and really kept his head down on a lot of subjects. And you know, this this story right here, the fact that he's doing this docu series, you kind of hear from, uh, f- you know, from Randy as far as the reason why his his daughters don't really know much about the career. It kind of gives everybody in his family, his close circle, a good insight as to who he really was yep. as a as a player on and off the field.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent agree twenty seven past the hour as we uh, continue here on sports talk five oh five six zero zero nine if you want to get into the program five oh five six zero zero nine have you seen the first episode of the captain your thoughts on that thoughts on the conversation with the filmmaker and director Randy Wilkins and ultimately uh, what you would like to see out of the rest of the series that's also kind of interesting um, as somebody who covered Derek Jeter throughout my uh, professional broadcast career. Because if you think about it, he came up as a rookie in 96. I started working here in 95. So even though I'm a few years older than Jeter, um, I, I've, you know, his, I was here for his entire career. And I feel like as somebody who was there for the whole thing, as most Yankee fans will probably attest to if you're a Yankee fan or a Jeter fan, you, you got to know what ultimately he wanted you to know. And I wonder how much deeper it's going to get that by the time you're done watching the seven-part series, how much you feel not necessarily different about Jeter, but maybe now you feel like you know him better as a person uh, than you might have otherwise before this this project started.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder how much they'll... I, I know we talked about the little controversy that he got into, but I wonder what they'll talk about as far as, you know, uh, how he got into the Miami Marlins as far as uh, the ownership part of that. I wonder how much detail they'll go, if anything, with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder... You know, there's just a lot of interesting parts throughout his whole career. is very polarizing as far as an athlete goes. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think there are a lot of things to look forward to as far as... This this, uh, the entire duration of this docu series
2: yeah I'm with you on that one I, I really am I think it's uh, that's gonna be fun to see also so you know there's there's um, ultimately uh, this series continues tonight at seven and then it's gonna be next Thursday at seven the 20 uh then they're actually doing listen to this episodes three and four it's smart they're going episodes three and four um, next Thursday. 7 and 8. So episode 3 at 7, episode 4 at 8. They're doing the same thing on August 4th. Episodes 5 at 7, episode 6 at 8, and then they're wrapping it up uh, with uh, episode 7, the final episode, Thursday, August 11th at 8 p.m.
0: Nice. I mean, you got 7 episodes of this docu-series, which is exciting. If you're if you're a Derek Jeter or Yankees fan or even a baseball fan, see like I I me personally, Steve, I'm not a Yankees or a Derek Jeter fan, but I I, yep. I really enjoyed that first episode of the captain that we got a chance to watch earlier this week.
2: So, episode uh, 2 tonight uh, talks about um, you know, being superstardom and and ultimately winning a title in his first season as a pro. Um, and, and being a leader of the team. So that's also interesting when you think about it. And what they did say is, um, you know, there's there's not just privileges but perils of fame. So that's all part of Episode 2 tonight. Next Thursday with Episode 3 and 4, you get loyalty and trust to Jeter uh, after the 3 for the Yankees, beating the Mets, and the friendship with A-Rod has changed. Episode 4 will be 9-11's impact on New York, the end of the Yankee dynasty, and then um, that Game 7 between the Red Sox and the Yankees. And that's Episode 4. Episode 5, the Yankees and Jeter suffer the most historic loss in baseball history. Jeter's identity is under attack as he faces challenges in the press, on the field, and in his clubhouse.
0: Sounds like fun. Mm, okay, okay, I like it. Controversy there.
2: I like it too. Sounds good to me. So, anyway, that's the first five. And then uh, we've got uh, Episodes... Uh, six and seven before it's all said and done. So, love that. I think it's terrific, and I definitely think it's something uh, a lot of people are going to be watching tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN, with the captain. All right, Uh, more in a moment, but first, bottom of the hour, as Sports Talk continues, let's head to Adrian and get this sports center update. As we continue here on the program, 33 now past the hour, you can always tweet the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Adrian's movie review still to come during the second half of Sports Talk. Now, we talked at the end of yesterday's show about the cost of a family to go to a baseball game. This uh, data was courtesy of, it looks like TV Hustle is where they, they pulled this from. Uh, this is for 2022. It includes four tickets, four hot dogs, two beers, two sodas, and parking. The average price for a family of four to attend a baseball game, including the four hot dogs, two beers, two sodas, parking, and the four tickets, $204.76. That's the average cost. Essentially, that's the cost of what it would be to see an Oakland A's game. Oakland A's, $204.24. So, $0.52 less than the average. But you're right there. Highest cost to attend a game for a family of four, not surprised by these three at all. Boston Red Sox, number one, followed by Chicago Cubs and New York Yankees. Now, think about it. You're dealing with Fenway, Wrigley, and Yankee Stadium. That's exactly what I would expect amongst the big three. Okay, not even close with those three. I think that's 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 accurate. I was surprised that the Houston Astros are number four, followed by the Washington Nationals number five. That's a bigger shock, but I know it's our nation's capital. But still, then the Dodgers, Giants, Rangers, White Sox, and Cardinals um, round out, I believe, the top ten. So interesting. If you're wondering, the cheapest price average. What team is the ch- the most inexpensive cost for a family of four to attend a baseball game? Arizona Diamondbacks. And they are well below everybody, including the Marlins. You can apparently get in to see a Diamondbacks game for $126.34 for all four people. That is a bargain, folks. It really is. Tickets are cheap, $22 a pop. Beer is only 4.99, soda is only 2.99. What scares Adrian more than anything is the $2 hot dogs at a uh, Diamondbacks game to go along with $13.90 parking. And that would get us to the total of hundred twenty six dollars and thirty four cents.
0: You know, I'll just eat before. I mean, hey, if I'm only spending that kind of money, if I'm spending twenty two dollars on tickets, uh, thirteen bucks on parking, and you know maybe five bucks on a beer, I'll just eat before. I don't have to worry about the mystery meat two dollar hot dogs. Now,
2: you would rather spend seven fifty at a Giants game or a Padres game because that's the most expensive uh, average hot dog price. In baseball, so you would—I'm sure you feel much better about paying 750 for a hot dog in San Fran or San Diego than two dollars for a hot dog in Arizona.
0: Maybe it's like a gourmet hot dog at that point. Okay.
2: <laughs> now, let me ask you something, just out of curiosity: When you go eat in El Paso and you want a hot dog, where do you get it from?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I go to Boss. I'm a Boss guy for hot dogs.
2: Okay. Do you think it's possible? That the hot dogs at Boss are the same ingredients as a hot dog at a Diamondbacks game.
0: Oh no! I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna go with that. No way at all. All
2: right. I just had to throw that. I just <laughs> had to throw that out there. You know, listen. The Diamondbacks—they're trying to entice fans any way possible. Cheap hot dogs. I mean, okay. Better question. When you were a kid growing up, and it was 25 cent hot dog night with the Diablos, would you go and eat? Three to four of those things at a baseball game.
0: Yeah, of course. Okay. I, yeah, I was like, you know, eight years old, ten yeah. years old. Well, I don't know if I my stomach can handle it now.
2: I did it when I was about twenty four years old. So uh, the point is, is that we uh, had no problem getting excited about quarter hot dog night at uh, Cohen or Dudley Field, yet. Two dollar hot dogs uh, in Phoenix scares the crap out of you.
0: You know what? Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like I'm not worried about the two dollar hot dogs at Southwest University Park at all. I just I think that if it's like a Major League Baseball stadium, I, I'm expecting more. Like like uh, if it's two dollars, I'm kind of worried. I, I get skeptical at that point because I'm like, why Why is this two dollars here at, at the Major League level? I'm okay paying it here at El Paso, and I think it's fine here.
2: Um. I understand what you're saying. I do get that. But I am looking right now at the Chase Field Dining Guide and what they have and ultimately, you know, what they're serving. And I don't know. I mean, if you can get a bargain hot dog, I say take it. And they've got tons of food, by the way, at Chase Field. They have lots and lots of food. Now, just so you understand this, when it comes to hot dogs out at the ballpark over there, you can get... Apparently, uh, like every other ballpark in baseball, lots of uh, choices. They've got the Diamondbacks dog, which is available. And then they also, listen to this, the Diamondbacks dog is not two bucks, but they do have a dog with hatch green chili, queso, chorizo, fire roasted corn pico and venom sauce.
0: Oh, then you didn't you didn't tell me about this one right here. Well, they just okay. this is the
2: you, this is the inexpensive hot dog, <laughs> but they still have a you know a, a gourmet uh, a gourmet zipper. They got a hot dog that'll that'll do the trick. Hatch chili and
0: chorizo—that's crazy right there.
2: And venom sauce.
0: Yeah, I want to know what that is right there. I want to put some venom sauce on my on, on the hot dog that I get.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm curious about that also. Uh, by the way, my, we said the most expensive hot dogs are Giants and Padres. How about the most expensive beer? What about the most expensive sodas? Um, and how bad is parking? We'll get to all of that coming back from the break. You want to weigh in. If you've gone to any of these games and you uh, can live to talk about what it's like going to see a Red Sox games and spending the money, hey, 505-6009 would love to hear from you as Sports Talk continues It's 600 ESPN El Paso. ...which cost for a family of four to go to a baseball game in 2022... Uh this is courtesy, the data is courtesy of fan cost index and their team marketing report. Okay. And the data was adjusted for the cheapest option, by the way. Cheapest option. All right. So we talked about the average cost for uh, you know a, fam- a family afford to go see a Red Sox game. It's three hundred and twenty four dollars thirty seven cents. Average cost to go see a Diamondbacks game one hundred and twenty six dollars and thirty four cents. Very affordable. Um, in the middle, you have uh, like the Mets one ninety seven forty seven. Very affordable. Milwaukee, Oakland. I'm impressed. The Mets have kept themselves affordable, aren't you?
0: Yes, I, I was uh I was impressed about that. That makes me think that, you know, when you're in New York, you might want to second think about uh, mm-hmm. uh going to a Yankees game. Although I will say a $3 hot dog at Yankee Stadium. There you go.
2: They do have uh yeah, a $3 hot dog at Yankee Stadium. Let me let me say this. I was just at Yankee Stadium. We did not pay $3 for a hot dog. Really? I think we ended up paying at least six or seven. See, what happens is these teams have like a Tuesday value day, and then you can get the value meal, and just like the Chihuahuas do with the you know, the $2 tacos, Taco Tuesday, and the $2 Estrellas, Major League teams are doing that too. Trust me, we did not see $3 hot dogs at Yankee Stadium. Nothing was $3 at Yankee Stadium.
0: Yeah, if you look at the comments to this uh, this specific post, everybody's trying to debunk certain prices of certain teams. Like, for example, uh, the fans are saying that there is no way the the people are paying just $11.67 uh, for parking at Dodger Stadium. They no. say minimum is $20 uh, in the comments.
2: Highest paid parking on average, according to this deal, San Francisco Giants twenty eight dollars and twenty cents.
0: That's a that's an interesting one because I would love to know how many people actually drive to the game versus those who uh, take some kind of public transportation since that's so you know big in San Francisco.
2: I'll say this: for thirteen dollars and ninety cents, you're parking probably ten blocks away from Chase Field in Phoenix. Because I've been to those games enough that if you want to get close, it's at least twenty five to thirty dollars to park.
0: Yeah, I mean when I was at SoFi, like not even you know three miles away, three mi- like you're 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 paying for a shuttle that was 50 bucks right there
2: most expensive beer is uh actually on average mets 12 dollars. that seems about right we were uh when we were at city field and i was i think i bought the i thought i bought the beer i feel like i was paying 11 or 12 bucks a can for those 24 ounce cans
0: yeah, it sounds about right. Actually, it sounds pretty universal, right? Like yep. you're paying about ten bucks beer across the board. Now, the one that that kind of struck me, um, you know, five dollars for cart at the St. Louis Cardinals at Busch Stadium for beer.
2: I know that's so true. That is, well, you're probably drinking, you know, Bud. So, sure. Yeah. There you go. It's right there, and uh, it's in St. Louis, so it works out perfect. Um, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. I think there's only one, two, three, four teams with beer prices on average over ten bucks: Cubs, White Sox, Mets, Orioles. Cheapest beer, Rockies, three dollars, three dollars for a beer.
0: There we go, course. There we go.
2: Well, that's exactly. Sodas, uh, they go as low as two ninety nine in Phoenix, as high as six. 50 and that's in LA and San Francisco LA and San Francisco they mirror their prices quite a bit
0: yeah I'm noticing that as well I feel like you know I feel like these prices for soda are ridiculous like the 250 that the Orioles charge that's probably right across the board like yeah. what why are we having different prices for soda we're all getting from the same place
2: I know it uh parking the cheapest parking I mentioned was uh nine dollars and thirty cents that's in Houston. Most expensive average parking, according to this thing. Um, We mentioned the Giants, 28. Next is the Cubs and Yankees at uh, 26 and change. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I feel like with with, with uh, parking, another thing to really factor in, because I, you know, if you're a family, sometimes you'll take an Uber, sometimes you'll take a taxi, whatever the case may be, so you're not necessarily worried about parking, but then you factor in transportation instead of that cost yep. for parking.
2: If you want to know the five best values in baseball, according to this survey, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays, Colorado Rockies, Pittsburgh Pirates, Miami Marlins, Arizona Diamondbacks. That's the bottom five.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get to see a contender in the Rays for pretty much nothing, Steve. That's probably your, your best value right there. I'll think? say this,
2: too. Um, Baltimore Orioles are very low on that list. It's $158 to go see. That's, I think that is eighth uh, from the bottom. And, by the way, Camden Yards is still one of my favorite ballparks to visit if you can ever get out to Camden. And Pittsburgh's got a gorgeous ballpark, too. PNC Park is, is beautiful to watch a Pirates game. You're right on the water.
0: Yeah, that, that would be uh, one that I would love to go to right there. I was uh, impressed that you could look at Padres tickets for twenty seven dollars. You could look at like you mentioned Orioles tickets for thirty, Tigers tickets for twenty six. So yeah, you get a lot more affordable when it comes to the actual ticket costs.
2: Chris Banks twenty one just tweeted us in for in terms of Austin parking at the new Moody Center is sixty five bucks and a beer ranges from ten to eighteen dollars.
0: That's ridiculous. I went to the Moody Amphitheater, and I remember the beer prices being really high out there. So even the amphitheater has pretty high beer costs. Well, they got
2: to pay for that new arena, right? they got to screw all the fans as long as they can.
0: Yeah, or just ask donors to give them more money.
2: That's what they should do. I totally agree with that. All right, when we come back, um, we will uh, get a chance to talk a little UTEP and other subjects. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Here we go! Final hour! Adrian brought us across the glass... You've got somebody sitting in with you on the show today, my friend.
0: That's exactly right. We got Josh over here. He's uh, he's going to be a freshman out of Burgess High School, incoming nice. freshman. So he just wanted to see what what we do here at the radio station. His pops is going to be dropping by from King's Barbecue, uh, Felder, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this.
2: Uh, what is Josh thinking about the show? Is he pretty impressed with the whole operation? Uh, is he still awake? what's uh, What's going on with Josh during this show today?
0: I think he's awake. I think he he's enjoying himself. He's a little shy back here. But yeah, he's uh, he's learning the ropes and he he's a football fan his favorite team is the Green Bay Packers and you know he's his one of his favorite players Aaron Jones but he's going to Burgess which is really cool about that. That is awesome.
2: Don't worry Josh I was shy when I started this business too. Um so it's it's all part of the fun. In fact Josh, I, I interned with Lou Romano at Channel 7 back in the early 90s when I was in college. And I used to, uh, in those days, have dreams of being a sportscaster. And it's before radio. And when they gave me the opportunity to try my, uh, like, just a, like a demo tape and just to see how I did. and I would And I would be on the anchor set reading the sports. I never blinked the entire time. I watched wow. myself on camera. And I used to yell at myself. I'm like, blink, blink already. I wouldn't blink. So uh, trust me when I could tell you, it's it takes practice. It's not easy. But just take it from the two of us that if you do this long enough, you talk in front of the microphone, it's like it's not even there and you'll you'll realize that real quick and 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 just have some fun which is what it's all about here on the show.
0: Hey, we never see freshmen, incoming freshmen, in high school interested in radio, so I'm I'm all about this. So I'm happy that Josh is here in the Lubingo studios. I
2: think the last incoming freshman was Faith Ramos.
0: Wow. Okay, so that wasn't that long ago.
2: No, yeah. I think I yeah. think I think Brandon cone brought her on board when she was a freshman
0: wow okay all right i got you
2: i just remember being excited to say hey you're you're old enough to be hired congratulations
0: (laughs) yeah seriously you got to be
2: that working age right there is precedent though there is precedent all right um we got a lot to catch up on in our final hour plus adrian's movie review coming up here in a few looking forward to that as well um if you're just joining us it's been a fun, fun two hours. We had Ivan Melendez. Can't wait to find out details of his contract signing, which is supposed to be today. So hopefully it's official. Haven't seen it leak online yet, have you?
0: No, I haven't. I, I was monitoring Ivan Melendez. Just uh, I just uh, searched that on Twitter. I haven't seen anything yet, although you, know, you, you might see something drop uh, any time here.
2: I think so, too. I'm hoping. So all I know is... The Diamondbacks three days ago had a had a tweet where they said, "Hookem, um, I've been going from burnt orange to Sedona red. Now it's just a matter of finding the the you know when this deal is done, uh, getting all the details, and hopefully it's today. And uh, like we said, hopefully uh, you know the slot value is one point eight million, so I would assume it's going to be in that ballpark."
0: Yeah, I, I think so, and I, you know, for Ivan Melendez, just uh, having this opportunity, playing close to home, uh, getting the chance to sign this kind of a, a, a bo- you know, a signing bonus once he's getting on, this is huge for him. This is huge for the city of El Paso. I'm so happy for him, and yeah, I'm, ca- I i can not wait to see these contract details once they come out.
2: I can't either. So we did that in the first hour, last hour, we talked about the Captain episode two on ESPN, and in less than an hour at seven o'clock tonight. So we had Randy Wilkins on with us, the director and filmmaker who put this whole project together. He was great, too. So, uh, and then we talked about the average cost to go to a, uh, a Major League Baseball game. And, by the way, everybody is, is shooting down these numbers. So, you know what? I always wonder when these numbers get done, are they, you know, they're debunked pretty quickly. And, like, Arash Markazi shot down the Dodger prices and said they're amongst the most expensive in all baseball. $17.99 for a beer? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, that's that's ridiculous, right there, Steve. And I I think to myself, how can a family of four afford that kind of stuff? That is yeah. no way. I mean, yeah, if it's if it's the dad and the mom getting a beer, both of them, and you know the kids get a hot dog, and maybe they want an ice cream as well. How do they afford that kind of stuff?
2: Don't know. Don't have any idea. It's crazy to think about. It, it really is. Um, and then uh, Esteban uh, tweeted the show. The 16-ounce cans of beer at Miners Games are $8. That's, you know, I guess nowadays, let's put it this way. When you go to a sporting event for a beer, unless you're getting those uh, $2 Estrellas, you're probably getting either a 16-ounce beer, a 20-ounce beer, or a 24-ounce beer. And most of the times, the average price for either a 16-ounce beer up to a 24-ounce beer is probably between $8 and $12 a pop. It's just the case. That's just the. That's just the facts. So eight dollars, you know, eight bucks for a sixteen ounce beer at a UTEP game. That seems about right. It really does.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I I know that people are looking for deals here locally. I get it. I get that the fact that everybody wants the the best deal that they can find. And I I think that when you get those twelve ounce, those twenty four ounces, it, it kind of makes it worth it. I, I I'd pay eight dollars for that.
2: Eddie Morelos tweets the show he'll be heading to Star Wars Day in Arizona for the Diamondbacks Nats this weekend. Keep you posted on my spendings. Please do so. Hey, good luck finding that uh, $2, $3 hot dog, Eddie. Make that happen if you can.
0: Yeah, or, or be a little cautious about that one, Eddie. I, I Proceed with caution there. I'm with you on that one.
2: I'm with you. Hey, uh, meanwhile, UTEP today posted their latest ticket count for the uh season opener and they've they've been very upfront about wanting to you know make sure the fans know exactly how many tickets remain and how many tickets have been sold so currently the way it stands right now as of today they are at thirty six thousand uh four hundred and fifty three tickets sold capacity is forty five nine seventy one that means that there is just over 20% of the Sun Bowl left for the season opening game. That's pretty good to have that sold as of July
0: 21st. Yeah, and this is a season opener. This yep. isn't Texas coming to town with Mac Brown and Colt McCoy. This is uh, you know UTEP hosting North Texas where uh, you look on that mean green side of the ball uh, on that, on that uh, team that team has a, some good players, they and it's do. not an easy win whatsoever for UTEP. In fact, no. you know the miners going up against the Mean Green in this situation. This is it feels like kind of like a, a must win to just kickstart the year and get a lot of momentum with with this group. But at the same point, it's a tough team in North Texas for the miners to try to beat. Listen,
2: the truth is, um, they need a sellout for this game because you very rarely ever get a league conference game to start off a season at UTEP. Happens in the big conferences, not here. So that is a big deal. A very big deal. And part of the reason for that is because we saw three teams leave the conference after the original schedule came out. And all of a sudden when the schedule was being redone teams were scrambling for dates to make sure they could get it done and utep was very smart to say to north texas come here for the opener we'll uh, we'll we'll host you then in august and make that happen so it's it's a brilliant move for utep and the truth is it's the kind of game that can absolutely set the tone for uh, for what the season's going to be like.
0: Yeah, and I would just say, like for everybody, just to temper expectations on that first game. I, I know that there, there's a lot of expectations with this team, and that's warranted. After coming off a winning season, after coming off a bowl appearance for the first time in seven years, that's warranted right there. But at yeah. the same point with this Mean Green team, this is a group that UTEP always struggles with year after year. It's a team that it, you they could be the worst team in Conference you say, or one of the best. You triple always uh, see, always seems to struggle against North Texas.
2: Last time they crushed him was when
0: uh, Aaron Jones was in his final game as a minor. Yeah, it's been a while since UTEP's actually beat him, and they should have beat him this past season. Steve, They should have been the season before. No Gavin Hardison uh, two seasons ago in that pandemic-shortened season. They You're lose right. that game in a tightly contested battle, and then this past year they lose it because of uh, all the special teams errors that, that continue to happen, and then they allowed that uh, that big bomb late in the game, North Texas scores in the final seconds. It was like a disaster. They, they had that game, uh, you know, under wraps. They should have won that one easy in Denton last year.
2: Now we spent uh, a good hour today with uh, coach Dimmel and uh, having the opportunity to, to sit down with him along with uh, both a uh, Mark and uh, drew from the UTEP uh, uh, media team was, was good. It was really good. Um, just talking about the team, where things are right now, you know what he expects. Kind of going through the position breakdown and and where everything is. Um, it, it's it's interesting, and I even said, you know, one of the things I asked him was, "Hey, so you know, the team won seven games and went to a bowl last year. You're being picked to win eight this year by Texas football. You're you're third in the league from, uh, um, uh, what's his name."
0: Yeah, Phil Steele. Phil Steele,
2: yeah. thank you very much. Said, so do you feel better, like going into this season than you have in the past? And he's like, No, I feel worse because maybe with those expectations, you know, now he for the first time since Dana Dimmel's really been here, he understands that uh, it's not just about winning four or five games. Uh, now it's about trying to contend for a championship. That's that's a totally different situation. To what he's been used to at UTEP.
0: Yeah, you have to cultivate kind of that uh, those expectations right there, and you can't take any of those for granted if you're UTEP. Like, they haven't won anything. If you look at this group, hey, it, this is if is, as far as I'm concerned, this is still a program that still has a lot to prove. They yep. still have to get uh, over that hump and finally win a bowl game for the first time since 1967, which is a uh, FBS record right now as far as bowl droughts. Uh, they need to get to that level, Steve, where they can win bowl games consistently Get fans excited and turn this to a winning program instead of a program where it's like, well, here's the next rebuild, here's the next coach, here's the next quarterback, all that kind of stuff.
2: I agree with you. By the way, I didn't realize that the 50. 50- Five-year bull wind drought is the longest in all of FBS right now.
0: Yeah, it was a long. You know, last year when I was kind of doing the digging, I was like, "Wait, when's the last time you, UTEP? Oh, wow, they're the longest." So, yeah, that, that's that's uh, it's held strong all these years, and UTEP's got to snap that at some point, right? That's
2: true because there are schools that are very new to FBS, and because they're new, they don't count. No, they don't. So you count. have to you have to look at schools that have been around since 1967. And I'm sure there's nobody that's been around since '67 that has been going through a longer drought than UTEP.
0: Yeah, like uh, I'll give you an example. Texas State recently was FBS, like as of what 2012, 2014, whatever it is. So they haven't won a bowl game, but that doesn't really count. Because- no, it doesn't. They've they've only
2: been beat, uh, They've only been FBS for for 10 years.
0: Exactly. So I, I look at years. yeah, and I look at UTEP, as long of a program as they've had. It's kind of crazy to think about how historically bad this program has been for all these years.
2: It it's true. And
0: when they have been
2: good, it just has been short lived. I think that's the thing. So, you know, we talk about historically bad and they've had their seasons. They look they were they had that great season with Stahl. Um, they had a terrific season with Nord. They had two great seasons with Price. They went to the New Mexico Bowl with Kugler and back to a bowl last year, um, with with, with Dana. So they've had some seasons to remember. But unfortunately, sprinkled in with those memorable years are way too many forgettable years. And that's the issue. And now... You know, trying to turn this thing around once and for all and make them where they can contend uh, for a bowl game and hopefully win a bowl game um, year after year. That is something that UTEP has not had to experience since the '60s.
0: Yeah, think about all the gaps. I mean, they they go back to, to bowls back to back years in 04, 05. Then it's a five year gap until they get back to a bowl in 2010. Then it's a four year gap until 2014 when yeah. they have a win, winning season. Then seven more years. You're asking a lot out of your fans for having such bad seasons and long gaps in between seasons. So for UTEP, it's just about preserving the winning and not taking anything for granted from last season.
2: Something else people don't realize, and this is a very important piece uh, to the puzzle, okay? The reason why UTEP played in so many bowl games in the 50s and 60s is because the Sun Bowl was one of them. It was only one of eight bowls, so because it was in the backyard of of the Miners, they were able to play. Truth is, is that Texas Western probably never would have played in a bowl game prior to uh, the, the 60s or 70s or 80s, until until we started to see more bowl games come around because there were so many teams that won 8, nine ten games that never went to a bowl because there were only eight of them for the longest time, and usually those were reserved for the best of the best programs.
0: Yeah, in the 50s, 60s, they had some great players. They were able to pull some great talent, and I, I think that, you know, you talk about all the things that were going on in El Paso at that time, Fort Bliss emerging. You talk about the Sun Bowl being here in this city Those are guys, those has to be enticing things. If you're a prospect coming to El Paso. So yeah, that's why they, they had so much success in the fifties and sixties as well.
2: You want to weigh in. We'd love to hear from you. There's ways to do it folks. 505-6009 on the phones, 505-6009. You could tweet the program 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, or uh, you could chat with us in real time. If you're listening to us on our mobile app, three ways to get right on in and through to the show. We're broadcasting live from our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Let's send it out to Charlie one and get this traffic update. 505 our telephone number. We told you there are over 36,000 tickets sold for the UTEP season opener. That means they've got about 9,000 left, give or take a few. 21% of the stadium is remaining. And uh, it is... Uh, July 21st. By the way, next Wednesday will be the start of UTEP fall practice for football fans out there—it's right around the corner, folks. Right around the corner.
0: It feels like it's already here, right? Like they—they they underwent the summer conditioning programs in the previous month. Uh, all the players are on campus now. Everybody's getting excited. Mm-hmm. It's all—it's really only what uh, almost uh, just a little over a month away from uh, kickoff on August 27th when the Miners host North Texas.
2: What was some of your favorite takeaways from today's conversation with Dana Dimmel?
0: I'll I'll give one great nugget, and I, I'm going to post my season preview probably next week, just to kind of give everybody a you know fresh start to next week with the conference USA media days and stuff. And also, we've got a lot of news that has not come out from UTEP that we still need to find out. That's But true. One, one of the biggest things that I took away was one of his sneaky favorite position groups is the tight ends. Trent Thompson, Zach Fryer. He believes those two are like your tight end one guys. And and people who are listening to this maybe are already tuning us out because they're thinking, well, UTEP never throws to their tight ends, which is which maybe is right, but at the same point, uh, if you watch UTEP's usage of tight ends, they love to throw them in block situations. They love for their tight ends to protest, protect the quarterback. And then, they use them so many times to protect the quarterback that Trent Thompson can get away at times and uh, sneak away for a touchdown.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. That really is, because you never think about the tight end group. And you know what's so funny is, uh, even before uh, Dana Dimmel was here, Sean Cougar tried to make the tight ends a big focal point for his offense, and it never really came to fruition. That's, I think a lot of coaches have always wanted to – uh, focus on the tight ends here at UTEP, but it's so difficult to get one of those great tight ends that can really get it done, like a Brian Natkin, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, Hayden Plinke, Cedric Lang, yep. like they utilized uh, tight ends in the passing game, but that required Sean Kugler to you know uh, just uh, work with this front five. It was his offensive line who were protecting the quarterback, and um, as a result, I, I don't think he got a lot of production out of those quarterbacks throughout his time. I, I think yep. he had to rely so heavily on the run game, and I think. I think that when you look at Dana Dimmel's philosophy, it's very conservative. Like they they do whatever it takes offensively to try to win games and move the ball down the field. And and they won't rush things. They won't be uh, you know, I, I guess like impatient about certain things at times. So I don't think they go and lean on their tight ends. I think they would prefer their slot receivers and their uh wide receiver ones to to be their uh the bulk of their pass game.
2: I'm with you on that one. And I agree with that, and I think that's exactly the case. Um, Jacob Rubio tweets the show Off subject, we need to get into the Mountain West Conference. Package deal with NMSU and LaTeX.
0: I love it. I think that's a great idea. I, I don't think that this is this is the worst kept secret all around UTEP, their desire to join the Mountain West. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, can we just say this? Like UTEP would love – tomorrow, if the Mountain West offers them to join the, for this athletic year, UTEP's jumping on board, in my opinion, because why wouldn't you? You get to uh, – you, you it, it geographically makes sense for all sports. It makes sense for all your rivalries. Uh, joining the Mountain West makes so much sense for UTEP, especially – Knowing what's going to happen with conference USA,
2: yeah, I agree with you. Um, good stuff, very good stuff. Um, all right, so that is uh, part of the plan right now. For uh, you know, I, I think minor. F- Listen, if you ask me, and I'm just and, and I'm just you know spitballing here, I, I do believe the athletic department's working their butts off behind the scenes to try to position UTep for the Mountain West. I don't think there's any question about that. Unlike uh, other schools are not going to go public and say that we want to leave Conference USA and we want to go into the Mountain West, but when the time comes... I feel that UTEP will be in a better spot. I think football will be much more positioned to go. I think basketball is on the way up. I do. I mean, you got to realize something. UTEP has been down for so long right now. The only way is up, and hopefully the timing will be perfect that when it is time for the Mountain West to expand and add schools, UTEP will be at that point one of the programs that at least shows the value of, of joining that conference when that time approaches. Uh,
0: yeah, bolster your resume as much as you can. Shake your, shake the hands of all the people out in the Mountain West, including New Mexico, who might not want UTEP. Let's be honest. Like uh, you know, if you're going up I-10 and uh, and I-25, that those uh, that team in Al- in Albuquerque might not necessarily want the Miners in the Mountain West. So you you need to kiss their behind and and hope that they are accepting of you as well as all the other affiliates across the Mountain West. And I I think that UTEP would provide some interesting value in the Mountain West, expanding to Texas is one of those big things right there. I'm with you on that one.
2: Uh point is football's right around the corner. Utah football's right around the corner. Home opener looks like it's going to be headed to a sellout. That's great news. And uh, just don't wait don't wait till the last minute to get your tickets. Because by the time you do, it's going to be too late. Adrian, and that's the most important that's my most important takeaway here is, you know, you don't want to be um on the outside looking in and say, man, shouldn't have waited. You still can get them, but you gotta be better you better act quick.
0: Yeah, something else that adds a little flavor to this home opener is this is maybe one of the last times we see North Texas for a while. Yeah. Uh, going to the AAC next year, uh, they're coming to El Paso this time. Uh, UTEP's had a, had a nice history here with North Texas, kind of going back and forth, and they've been on the wrong end of the history in the recent years. So let's see what they can do here as uh, August 27th approaches.
2: Hey, uh, meanwhile, August 31st is going to be UTEP night with the Chihuahuas. And uh, what the Chihuahuas are doing is they've taken the EP cap that they have that's become such a popular cap for the, for Chihuahuas, and they've made it an orange design. And what they're doing is, Adrian, they've built in a ticket price to where if you want the cap, a cap and a ticket, it's, it's like a $15 difference. So let's just say you take a $22 ticket, right? For $37, you'll get the cap and... And the ticket. If you just want to go to the baseball game without the hat, it's going to cost you $22. So this way you guarantee you get the hat. And you know whenever the Chihuahuas make a limited edition cap, they always sell out. Always sell out. This one will be no different because of the fact that it's going to be that RNGP.
0: UTEP night at the Chihuahuas and a collaborative hat. I mean, really, sign me up as far as these colors go. Uh, I really like what this hat lo- really looks like. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is a great promotion. It, it kind of makes me think, like, th- this is, feels like a long time coming. I'm glad yeah. that they finally did something like this because uh, a collaboration and to release some apparel like this, I, I feel like everybody's going to be on board. I
2: know this. I know that it's taken a long time for UTEP and the Chihuahuas to be on the same page. And uh, that's not due to any lack of effort from the baseball uh, team. But, Since this is now a new administration in place, they have been much more proactive in trying to work uh, with the Chihuahuas than the prior regime. And it's great to see because ultimately they should be doing these kind of things together. And I'll tell you something else. The Miners should do some kind of promotion with the Chihuahuas at one of their football or basketball games. Return the favor. There's no reason why we shouldn't see something like that happen.
0: Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's definitely one of the things that we should see on the UTEP side of things. I, I could see a t-shirt collaboration. I could see something where it's, you know, a bag pickup collaboration. But what, whatever kind of swag it is, I, I think it would work. That's the bottom line right there. And I, I feel like that relationship is so, uh, you know, important between UTEP and the Chihuahuas. Both provide great entertainment for live sports here locally. You gotta get those two to collaborate as much as possible.
2: 100% agree. Alright, bottom of the hour as Sports Talk continues. You got 30 minutes left in the show. If you would. Would like to weigh in hey you can do it on the phones 505-6009 that's 505-6009 you can also tweet us at 600 espn el paso or chat with us uh with our free mobile app while you're listening to the program meanwhile right here in our lubingo studios it's the one the only adrian Bratis standing by with one last bottom of the hour sports center update all right, Adrian, thank you very much. 33 now past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. And once again, if you would like to duck in a phone call during our final 30 minutes, this is the time to do it. You know what that music means. It's another edition of Adrian's Movie Reviews, brought to you each and every afternoon here on the show from Alamo Drafthouse. Adrian, uh, I'm excited about today's movie review.
0: Me too, Steve. It's The Color of Money, which is my movie review. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this one. Before I get to this movie review, I will mention I'm heading out to Alamo Drafthouse as soon as Sports Talk finishes. I'll be watching the debut of Nope. If you want to watch Nope, which is uh, written and directed by Jordan Peele, a new horror epic that's out at Alamo Drafthouse East and West, you can go on Drafthouse.com to purchase tickets ahead.
2: What is Nope?
0: Oh, this is a this is a horror sci-fi film. Uh, Jordan Peele. This is you know he's one of the my my favorite uh, film writers and directors because of these horror classics that he's got. Recent horror classics, I should say. Get Out is one, and Us is the second. This is a. Uh, Nope is uh, the third film that he's coming out with, so I'm excited about this one. Is this
2: involving aliens?
0: Yes, I, I think it involves aliens from all the trailers that I see, yes. Really? Yes, so all it's right. like a sci-fi horror film.
2: I like it. Okay, very nice.
0: Okay, so going back to The Color of Money. Steve, in this one, uh, I found this one very interesting. It's an ex-pool hustler in Fast Eddie. He's getting back to the game of pool, and he wants to take somebody under his wing. He meets Vincent played by Tom Cruise and he wants to partner up with the young buck. They play, they start winning and the two end up actually breaking up. They have Ooh. some arguments and Eddie does not like the way that Vincent has these like showboat antics at times. He's hey, he's he's a little ambitious at times, he's a little eager and I I understand, but that's not Eddie's style. So he grows frustrated with him and they break they have a falling out. Then Eddie starts playing again. And he crosses paths with Vincent at the end of, of the movie as an opponent. Uh, Steve, I found this one very, very entertaining all across the board. Here's my question to you. Because one of the things that I took away from this film right away is the, the kind of like... What is it like hustling when you when you play pool and billiards? It's like hustling. Let me ask you this, Steve: sure. Have you ever been hustled when it comes to playing a, a game of pool? No, because I
2: never played against Don Haskins, and he would have been the ultimate hustle.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So he was really good at pool.
2: Oh, one of the greatest, and one of the greatest hustlers of all time.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you a quick story because this whole movie, all I could think about is the story about how I got hustled in pool. Let me hear. Okay, so I was in Miami on a college uh, on a college vacation. It was a leadership conference, but I. With some friends, so we were having fun. We go to this dive bar and we start playing pool. Well, this this guy comes in. He's he's a little he's a little raggedy, and he, and I'm thinking he, he's just asking us, hey, you guys throw in uh, fifty bucks each. We'll uh, we'll both put in fifty bucks each, and winner takes all. And you know, it's the last night of the whole trip. I'm thinking, why not? I I'm like twi- I'm like 21 at the time. I'm just trying to have fun in Miami and and all this stuff. Well, he out of the gate like he breaks steve and he doesn't stop he hits every shot while we're playing and this made me think of this exact movie the color of money and he hits every shot until the eight ball okay so q he's got the q and the eight ball we haven't even shot right so he calls his shot you know corner pocket whatever hits it in cue ball goes in oh Big take the money
2: so you ended up, basically, he screwed up on the end and you got the money.
0: Yes. What, was his, re- what was his reaction? He was so upset, wanted to run it back, want, demanded us to play him again. We said, no way. We got out of there. Wow. What a story that is. Okay, so some trivia from The Color of Money. Tom Cruise did his own trick shots in this film, except for the one where he had to jump two balls to sink another. Uh, then, <clears throat> That's hard to do, by the way. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, all these were staged Like when I watched this film until I read this. Uh, Paul Newman says the best advice director Martin Scorsese gave him, especially in humorous scenes, was, quote, Try not to be funny. And that, that kind of, you know, you kind of found out that that was the case. Uh, Martin Scorsese, by the way, said that this is the only film he ever directed that came under schedule huh. and under budget. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Very fun film, Steve. I really enjoyed it. This one, 8 out of 10 bananas for me. I've never seen a movie about pool. Is there any other billiards or pool movies out there?
2: Yeah, there's a few, actually. Mostly from, like, the 50s and 60s. There's a couple of them, but... Uh, you know, from a recent standpoint, Color Money is one of the best.
0: Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 90%. IMDb gives it 7 out of 10, and you could watch this one on Paramount+. Plus.
2: Very nice. I think Jackie Gleason was in a very, very famous movie, uh, a billiards movie from from years ago. I have to double-check that because it's been so long, but I'm almost positive that uh, Gleason was in a was in a movie like this back from the fifties or sixties.
0: You know, uh, real quick, Julian, uh, the character in this film, that guy he appears as this like slimy mm. character in so many different films. He's John Turturro, and I find him just as a hilarious character. He's always a supporting guy, but he's he's ridiculous.
2: The Hustler is the movie I was thinking about. Okay, nineteen sixty one with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Should so, I watch it?
2: Yes, definitely watch The Hustler. The Hustler is considered to be uh, one of the all-time greats right up there with color money.
0: Okay, good. I'll, I'll add that to the list.
2: Fantastic. Final countdown coming up next. Stay with us, folks. Sports Talk continues right here, 600 ESPN El Paso.